Hello, and welcome to episode 200 <laughs> of the Casual <laughs> Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And this is episode 200, and we're going to have a very special episode of doing the Brothers War previews. <laughs> yeah, last week we uh, decided we were going to split the show into two parts. Last week we did the limited portion where we talked about the limited archetypes, and we talked about some of the cycles, so if you're interested in that head back and check out last week's episode if you missed it. And then this week we're going to talk about singles from the actual set. Walk through some of the interesting cards that are in like the normal set, not necessarily limited related um, and just kind of give our impressions of them. And yeah, like Brian said, this is episode 200, so that's kind of special. It is. It is. So if you want to reach out to us and congratulate us on us making it to 200 episodes, putting us surely in the top 1% of all podcasts ever made, uh, you can find all of our social media links in the description below. Reach out. Like uh, Every so often, uh, people ask for, like, I get past people for, like, draft advice or limited advice on Twitter, and Mm -hmm. I answer those questions. So, like, if you have questions for us, I will, like, do my best to answer. Yeah, this episode's also going to be coming out early. I know we mentioned it last week, and uh, you we're recording on Monday, and Brothers War goes live on Arena on Tuesday, and we're going to try and get this out for you guys on Tuesday. So if you have any any questions about what you're drafting on Arena or a sealed deck that you want some input on or whatever, hit us up. Um, like Brian said, on Twitter, uh, you can also email us, or there's our Discord. Discord is uh, probably the best way to to put that stuff out there you get a whole bunch of people's input instead of just ours but yeah there's a link to discord in our description so head on over there and yeah. if you guys are looking to support the show there's a couple different ways you can do that the first is with our tcg player affiliate link it's no cost to you guys uh tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com is the link follow that link and whatever you purchase after navigating to tcg player using that link we'll get a percentage of that helps keep the show going. Maybe another 200 episodes. Maybe, hopefully. Uh, If you want to support us a little bit more directly so that we do do 200 more episodes, uh, use our Patreon, Casual Triad MTG on Patreon. Patrons get early access to our show notes, so you get a sneak peek about what's coming up. Uh, You also get access to our pre-show, which was, today it was a whole hour of financial stuff. Sounds super exciting, right? <laughs> super, super exciting. It's like, hey, did you see that the world is blowing up in, in magic? You yeah. didn't. Let us tell you about it. Yeah. Um, patrons also get put on my mailing list for when I have some givebacks to send out. Uh, the last ones went out last month. Um, the next round might be a little bit late. It takes a while to get. I have to make these ones. I don't have them already, and it takes a while to get stuff from China, so. This next round might go out a little bit late, but they'll come out. And if you want to get put on the list, sign up for Patreon. Chip yeah. in a couple bucks and show us you appreciate us. Yes, please. Yeah. And then uh, YouTube, right? Yeah, we also have our YouTube channel uh, where you can watch a video version of this and every episode. Uh, the set review episodes are extra nice because I do a little visual aid so you can see what we're talking about. Uh, but you can always watch the YouTube version and watch us while we talk at you. Yes. Uh, also, Brian puts up a whole bunch of draft videos. Uh, every time a new set comes out, he records his drafts and 
puts them out there for you guys to watch. And I'm going to try and get some constructed content out there as well. So make sure you go over to our YouTube channel. Okay, so we'll try here at MTG on YouTube and uh, subscribe and click the bell and all that stuff, man. Your stuff. We're going to try to um, I have like one thing every weekday come out. Mm-hmm. We're, we're currently at four days a week. We just got <laughs> we just got to get something for Tuesday for you. Then you can just know you could just go back every day and you get something. Something from us. You get one of us talking at you about something. That's right. Sometimes two of us. Sometimes two of us, yes. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we got a tag team. Um, yeah. Is that all the housekeeping stuff? Yeah, I think so. I don't think I have anything else. Do you? No. So real quick before we get into the the set um, review or preview is um, there is a video that Seth, probably better known as Seth Fronal, put out on Sunday. I'll try to remember to put the link to the video in the description and where he talks about the new golden packs they have on arena mm-hmm. and how this is going to maybe change some of the math for uh, the ways to build your collection. Yeah. It doesn't really change the math, but it opens up another Avenue. Yes. Uh, for the longest time we, and I'm sure every other content creator has been preaching to draft as a way to build your collection on arena and some random redditor thank you random redditor uh ran the numbers and found out that if you are can only reach a 50 percent win rate in limited then a 50 percent win rate is the same same return uh with this new golden packs just buying packs to crack it versus uh drafting yeah so basically now Every 10 packs, instead of giving you 10 rares, gives you 16 if you mm-hmm. buy packs. Because your golden pack will have six duplicate protected rares, two guaranteed from the current set, and four from any standard set. It actually probably gets you more than that because they also count towards your wildcard progression. Okay. So, like, but you're just getting way more rares than you normally would. Yeah. Um, yeah duplicate sh- protected. Yeah. And, like, I've not done enough drafts where I start getting duplicate rares. Like, mm-hmm. I did 30-something drafts and never saw a Leyline Binding. There was... I had one set that I did. I don't remember what set it was. But there was one set where it was, like, everywhere I picked I already had. Yeah, I think that, like... It's been a while. I've had a few sets where when I crack the packs at the end that I'm getting, I start getting like just gems for all of them, but the last Mm -hmm. few haven't. And like I said in my video, it is, uh, I put up a video kind of like breaking down like where my collection was after uh, Dominaria United. That that was a really good video, by the way. I went back and watched that. Thank you. You um, You get to the point where like, yes, you don't have all the rares and mythics, but you've got enough wild cards from opening your packs from your drafts that you're just like, uh, if I want to make this, if I want to craft this mythic, I can. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, there are many mythics that are just not playable. Yeah. And so you can just go, like, shrug and not worry about not having it. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, like, stressing over it. Like, so just if you have been, like, 
drafting because you're like, this is the economically smart thing to do, but I hate drafting. Yeah. Uh, it might be uh, just buying packs might be more, might be better for you now. Right. Yep. Might not well, be certainly it. better for you now than it used to be. Yeah. It might be comparable to what you were doing draft wise. Like now, if you like, like I'm at like a 54 to 56% win rate in draft. So like, I'm probably borderline that draft is probably still better for me. But mm-hmm. like, if you're, if you're killing it in drafts and getting like, you know, if you've got like a 60% win rate, just draft and smash everyone and like take free money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but if you are, um, you know, if you're like 45%, like it just, if you're just doing it to build your collection, just buy packs. Yeah. Well, I mean, we were talking, I forget when it was the other day about how, like we had started a spreadsheet to track our arena spending like a year ago mm-hmm. and neither of us had have had an entry yep. into that spreadsheet yet. So even, even if you're only hitting like a 54% win rate, like you're basically infinite at this point. Yeah. Like as long as you get your dailies and keep up with like, you know, like yesterday I totally forgot to play and I like opened it up today and I was like, Oh, I have like three daily challenges. I should probably like clear those out. You should um, do them before tomorrow, yeah. I, I did. And trick, if you sometimes you can do the daily in the morning, and when they do mm-hmm. the set update, they put three new dailies on so you can get an extra one. Yep. If you're really trying to min-max your, uh, your gold. But, like, just dailies and, like, gold, like, that's just what I, like, play off of. Mm-hmm. So I've just not had to spend money on Arena in, I think, almost two years. Yeah. So, like we've hit the point that I think both of us are now free to play, but with a collection that is large enough, we can do whatever with. Yeah. Now, I think the last time I put money into arena was for that one arena open. I did. Okay. I don't remember when that was, but I day two. So like, I guess technically I got my money back out of it. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I think my, my last arena open, I went like I was six, two and then lost. and was like, yep, yep I'm done. Yep. Uh, but just keep that in mind as you're building your collection in this set that maybe the golden packs are the the way to go for you. And yep. they're only promising the golden packs for this set. So, like, I guess depending on how it performs, mm-hmm. I guess if they shake more money out of people, they will, like, continue the golden packs. Or... well. I imagine there'd be a pretty pretty loud outcry if uh, they went away. If they took them away, yeah. Yeah, it might. Just... I don't know that they can afford much more bad press right now. <laughs> Very true. It might also be like if they just shake the same amount of money out of people, but yeah. people are happier. Yeah, that might be enough to like keep the golden packs around. But it would be a super bad look to give the golden packs and then go like, well, uh, we got rid of them. So, but yeah, just keep that in mind as you're building your collection this time. The brothers, they got gold. Them Phyrexians, they ain't got no gold. <laughs> they ain't got no gold. So, <laughs> I don't know. May, could they be oil packs for the next one? Yeah. <laughs> they, have, they have someone locked in a room just trying to figure out how to tie tie the golden pack concept to the set. Yeah. It has to tie in with the set themes. They're completed packs. Yeah, complete. Oh, completed packs. Oh, you did it. Yeah. I was gonna say for for Nuka Penna. Um, for Nuka Penna, what I, was that? What was that weird 
drug that wasn't a drug. Halo. Yeah, they're Halo packs for New Capenna. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't have all the information in front of me, and we got a big show, so I'm not going to talk about it right now. But there was a an information leak about Phyrexia. Okay. That we should talk about at some point. So remind me to look that up for next week. Will do. All right. So I guess we're starting on white. Yep. And going to work our way through. So we've got Calamity's Wake is our first card for the set. Mm-hmm. And it is uh, one on the white for an instant. It's an uncommon. Exile all graveyards. Players can't cast non-creature spells this turn. Exile Calamity's Wake. Yep. This was a request from Discord. So what do we think about Calamity's Wake? Um, It does a lot but lacks the phrase draw a card which probably holds it back it's kind of like part silence part like like, I don't know like there's got to be an instant like just like exile all graveyards um is there yeah I'm sure there's got to be one yeah uh but yeah it's the fact that it's uh a one shot effect is also kind of like yeah not great like you would much rather have like like rest in peace Mm -hmm. but like i mean it's kind of weird because like on the surface it looks like i mean i would guess it looks like a great sideboard card because Mm -hmm. it's it has multiple roles you can use it in you know a deck where you need some graveyard hate you could also use it against a deck where like your opponent's storming off or whatever you want to make sure your spells resolve against control or something along those lines um but it doesn't like you said if it had draw cards stapled to it like that would probably make it playable Mm -hmm. there's already a bunch of stuff that do what this card does um there's way better graveyard hate and there's also like better ways to tax your opponent than than this like i think the only like thing you can think about is like you said the fact that it is like a silence and you just like silence your control player your control opponent on your turn to make sure your big spell resolves but it also like you eat the graveyard against your grease fang opponent yeah right but i don't know if it does either of those jobs well enough like how badly it's not do efficient you, enough is the problem. Yeah, how badly do you want to silence someone? Yeah. Right? Almost never. Yeah, and how, like, again, like, I'd rather, like, have a rest in peace or just, like, a single, like, targeted, like, you know, oh, what is it called? Unlicensed um, Hearst, Graveyard Trespasser. Yeah, any, any of those things that are, like, more repeatable that's going to make them spend a card. Yeah. Right, before they can do their thing. So, it's on the edge, but I don't think it's good enough. Now, maybe in standard, like, I, we're talking about it more like Pioneer Modern. Maybe there's a place for it in standard. There have been, like, those black reanimator decks kicking around, mm-hmm. right? Like, but still, like, Unlicensed Hearse is legal in standard and probably better, and, like, you can accidentally win the game with it. Right. Like, oh, I guess I made it a 10-10, attack you for 10 and again, this is, you guys have probably heard me talk about this on the show, but I think we have some new listeners, so maybe they haven't heard me talk about this before. This is, I'm going to put this in the same category of card as like the 
the necromentia or um like not surgical is a little bit different but like the surgical style effects where it's a sideboard card that you pull in for like a specific purpose but they usually underperform mm-hmm. um i kind of put this in the same camp like the silence part of it because you really only ever want it against control and it's not guaranteed to do the thing that you want to do and it also like puts you down on tempo and a card yeah like it's not it's never going to trade for a card yeah like it's like you're you're spending mana so they can't but they can yeah. also respond to it so mm-hmm. like if they were like you know what you can resolve whatever i'm going to memory deluge and use my mana right they still get to do that and they're like okay fine like jam whatever spell i can cast farewell and like take care of it or i yeah. have like a teferi or a wandering emperor it doesn't matter i'll just deal with this later mm-hmm. right and it's symmetrical which is weird so oh, like yeah, that is weird so like you you know are silencing your opponent well other than if they have like a flash creature but then you also can't like then play a planeswalker right Right, like the big spell you want to force through with Calam- Calamity's Wake can't be, you know, the new Teferi. Right. Because, like, you're just like, oopsie. Uh, I guess I silenced myself for this. So, like, it is narrow, and, like, I think Rest in Peace is probably better for the graveyard mm-hmm. height part of it or, or unlicensed hers. And, well, I mean, if you're going back into formats where Rest in Peace is legal, like, silence is legal. And, like, legitimately when is the last time you saw someone play a silence only ever in like cedh and like uh gonna put on my gonna get my walker out for uh um ad nauseum in modern right like (laughs) how long that that's a million years ago yeah right like that just not an effect that gets played yeah so I don't know if like stapling two like threes together mm-hmm. makes it like a five, right? Right. Sometimes stapling two threes together, if the threes are the right threes, makes a ten. Mm-hmm. But sometimes stapling two threes together makes a four, and like this or seems a, like it's more of three. like the four <laughs> or a three. I have yeah. added two threes together and I have gotten a three. Yeah. Somewhere a second grader is angry. Like, that is not how that works. <laughs> I get six. I count three and three. Right? But, like, this different colors, but, like, Riveter's Charm, right, has, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't have, like, Exile Target Player's Graveyard. It's one yep. extra mana, but it also has, like, kill a creature and, like, impulse draw three cards. Yeah. Like, that just seems way better. Now, again, it's different colors, but, like... That, like, your fail case for when exile of their graveyard isn't good is kill a creature or draw three. Yeah, I mean, the other thing that, like, this has going against it is it's, like, you mentioned the colors being different colors, but this is white. And, like, all of the playable white removal that has basically ever been printed exiles. Mm Mm-hmm. So, unless your opponent is, like, actively filling their yard for a purpose, like... 
exiling their graveyard probably isn't going to do a whole lot. No. So, I guess the the only time this can possibly trade for a card, really, is, like, if, like, they've got their reanimation spell on the stack, and yeah, then you yeah. get them. Snag the target. But then, like, your your opponent kind of has to be, like, a doofus if they, like, it's game two, and mm-hmm. you're just, you've been holding up two mana. Right. Right, you pass the turn with two mana up, and they're just, like... Yo, like the either they are dead on board, mm-hmm. or they're just like, well, but I hope they don't have anything. Yeah, and it's like, why? Why do you think I passed with two mana up for the last three turns? <laughs> right, because I have this card. So, yeah, I don't. It might see standard play because, like, uh, you know, as like you know, kind of like a complement to other graveyard removal stuff, but it's probably not. It might not. It might be like, oh, there's a, I played like one or two of them. Yeah. All right. What's up next? Next, we have Lay Down Arms. It's a single white mana for an uncommon sorcery. This exile target creature with mana value less than or equal to the number of planes you control. Its controller gains three life. Um. In standard, this is awkward because the deck that is all that is mono white is aggressive. Mm-hmm. Right, but like in if you go back to Explorer or Pioneer, one mana swords to plowshares, like swords to plowshares at sorcery speed is still good, and yep. even in standard, like if you can hit like, you know, if you're like a mid rangey white deck or even like, I think a deck that plays the Wandering Emperor also plays this card, mm-hmm. right, like. Maybe you have to make some concessions to building your mana base that you want to make sure that you have 12 planes in your deck. But, like, you're happy uh, with this, um, with, like, if you have two planes and you eat their Ledger Shredder, you're ecstatic, right? Like, once you can, if you can consistently get the three planes... And you're paying one mana to just like snipe their three drop. Like that's you can't ask for anything more than that. Yeah, I mean, like the downside. I think the thing that holds this card back is that you're not gonna actually snipe something with this um, because of sorcery speed. Yeah, well, I mean, more just like trading up on mana. Well, you know, you're definitely gonna trade up on mana, but like this would be. Even being sorcery speed, I don't think it's super far behind either Swords to Plowshares or Path to Exile. No. Um, I mean, it's definitely behind them, but I don't think it's super far behind them. No, like, I mean, it is more damaging for a control deck to give you an extra land than Mm -hmm. it is to give you three life. Absolutely. Right? So, like... I don't care about your life. If you're a Teferi Wandering Emperor deck, playing Laydown Arms just makes perfect sense yep right you're just gonna be like okay i don't care and once they get to like four or five mana them having to spend a mana on their turn isn't a big deal right Right. if you get to five if you get to five lands you can spend a mana to lay down arms and then have up wandering emperor counterspell and memory deluge right like you're perfectly fine with that and earlier in the game, you're pretty happy with just like, 
I will eat your two drop. Mm-hmm. It's right. exile too, so it gets around indestructible or mm-hmm. whatever. Again, Boo Hooglin, his favorite flavor text on modern magic cards is indestructible. Yep. So, yeah, I think this card sees play back to other, like, back to older formats. Could. Right? Like, you know, if you're, if you're death and taxes, right? In, in, in legacy and you're effectively a control deck that plays planes. Mm-hmm. Right? Is it better for you to give your opponent three life or to give them a land off of path? Right. Cause they usually play like four swords and then like they might have path in the board. Now granted path is instant speed. So if you're bringing it in specifically to like get a creature, you need to kill at instant speed. But if it's just like yeah. generic extra removal spell, well, I mean, this is never going to tag a Merktide, though. Mm, fair. Fair. Yeah, you don't really get that many points. Okay. Or a Bristlebrand or... Yeah. You know. Fair enough. Fair enough. It'll hit a Merit Lage, though. <sighs> <laughs> you don't even have to have a Planes. Oh, God, you're right. <laughs> oh, oh, jeez. Oh, It'll the kill a Boo. It'll kill a boo after it's done four damage to you. It will. And then immediately they get another boo because that card's (laughs) well designed. Yeah. All right. What do we got up next? Uh, Loran of the Third Path. Oh, yeah. Two and a white for a 2-1 legendary human artificer. It has vigilance. And when Loran of the Third Path enters the battlefield, destroy up to one target artifact or enchantment. And then you can also tap it, and you and target opponent each draw a card. Um, so why is this card important? This is literally the first human that destroys an artifact or an enchantment on ETB. Mm-hmm. So humans decks for a long time played off-tribe uh, cards, either Rexage or mm-hmm. uh, more recently Night of Autumn. And this is, allows you to stay on uh, the the human tribe and keep all of those synergies. So, right, like if you go Champion of the Parish into Thalia's Lieutenant into this to blow up their enchantment, you get all your triggers that you would get as opposed to Knight of Autumn not giving you those. Yeah. It has a little bit less flexibility than Knight of Autumn but probably the fact that it keys off of all of your other cards key off of human Mm -hmm. probably makes it good enough. Yep. It is a little awkward that it's a legend, but you usually only bring in like, you might only have like two of that effect in your sideboard anyway. I mean, it doesn't even really matter though, because it's already like it did its job. Yeah. It's already gotten you its card back out of it. Yeah. It's a disenchant. And then, Maybe the draw card text is just flavor text, but like you could see situations where like if you're like if your opponent's stumbling on mana, you're like, oh, at your end of turn, draw a card. Now you've got to discard it, and I got a card. Yeah. Right. Like if you're better set up to utilize those cards, then you could you could maybe use it. I think that. I think as formats get more powerful, that ability becomes less and less relevant. Right? Um, like, I mean, unless you're playing like a Hull Breacher deck. Yeah. Hull, Hull Breacher Narset. <laughs> yeah. 
But like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, it's one thing if in like standard, you might draw them into like a farewell right. when they're on like three lands and you're like, okay, it's still a million miles away. Yep. But if like, I don't know, you draw them into like a Supreme verdict, right? Yeah. Then you just kill yourself. Yeah. Right. So it just kind of like depends on like, like what you're against and stuff. And like, you can't ever use that ability against like a red deck, but right. like, it kills an Eidolon. It kills, it like... It kills the uh, part of the Fable of the Mirror Breaker. Mm-hmm. I, guess, I guess it kills the whole thing and just leaves it with a treasure. Because you yes. get the enchantment That's that you true. trade yeah, with you a goblin. Trade it off. Yep. Uh, which is a nightmare. They still end up up mana, but you at least <laughs> you at least got rid of that entire card. Yep. But no, this is if you're like playing any kind of human tribal deck... I think this is just like a must must include like answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine this will be a staple for for quite some time until they yeah. print a better one. Exactly. They like ETBs and draws a card. Like yeah. we just make up the wildest things that these cards can do, and like we're most of the time not even joking. We're just like, yeah, that's gonna get printed <laughs> in like two years, because yeah. like they just keep printing cards. They're like, what if we stick two old cards together at the same mana cost? <laughs> what if we put uh, lay of the go wrong lay of the land and prey upon on the same card and just make yeah. it cost the same mana as each of them yeah. what could possibly go wrong all right what's up next loran of the ford fourth path <laughs> of, the for- of the fourth path and you, e- you can also discard it for a white mana <laughs> uh simeon <laughs> simeon of the third path monkey of the third path there we go yeah there you go it's a human monkey uh, soldier or something. Yeah. All right. Next up is Mural Shield of Argive. Three and a white for a three, far, three, four legendary human soldier. During your turn, your opponents can't cast spells or activate abilities of artifact creatures or enchantments. Whenever Mural Shield of Argive attacks, create X11 colorless soldier artifact creature tokens where X is the number of soldiers you control. So, so this is like part Teferi, part Goblin Rebel Master? Or uh, Pranko? Hero of Bladehold? Hero of Bladehold, yeah. Um, Yeah, so I put this, I asked this to be on here because like, this is kind of the like uh, super, this is like a super Teferi ability. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like the bad parts of Teferi, uh, plus you can't activate any of your stuff either. Right. And uh, then it just deads them mm-hmm. in a couple turns. So I played three mana Teferi when it was balanced to four mana in uh, Historic, or played against it, and it was still super annoying. Not as yeah. backbreaking as it was on three, but still super annoying. Mm-hmm. And like, if you resolve this, like they just like they have to kill it on their turn, or you probably like are presumably playing some soldiers, and you make like three one ones when you attack. Yeah, like it is awkward that it has to attack. Right, like it's just not a rabble master that just like plops out right. soldiers. So like, you know. A shieldred does eat it, mm-hmm. but true. it, 
but like it still got you some value. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It it just seems like this is a card that like they've stuck a bunch of abilities on it, and it could just be annoying. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's certainly taxi, and we've gotten a lot of taxi things. Yeah, like Thalia, this, right? Like you can really make your opponent's life difficult. Yep. I mean, I guess like this is kind of like Wandering Emperor cover as well. Mm-hmm. Right? Like you play this and then they can't flash in their Wandering Emperor or they have to flash it in before Convac and you know what's up. Yep. So, you know, it's funny that they're in the same colors, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will flash in a Wandering Emperor on your end step. Then I will play this thing on my on my turn. Enjoy. Perfect. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy this fun game of magic we're playing. Enjoy the fact that you get to play Hearthstone now. Yep. Okay. That deck probably also wants this guy. Yeah. This Siege is, uh... Veteran. Two and a white for a creature, human soldier. It's a 2 2. It's the beginning of combat and it's a rare. At the beginning of combat on your turn, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Whenever another non token soldier you control dies, create a 1 1 colorless soldier artifact creature token. So. Luminarch Aspirant was busted mm-hmm. at two mana. Is Luminarch Aspirant busted at three mana? Well, I mean, this also Maybe. has like a whole nother ability than. Yeah, it Aspirant also did. it also has Wrath Insurance. Right. Um. So, I like it. I think my comparison to Luminarch Aspirant is fair, right? Mm-hmm. If you played Luminarch Aspirant by itself on two. It was a 2-2 and then mm-hmm. became a 3-3. Three, three. If yep. you play this on 3, it starts out as a 2-2 two, two, and presumably puts a counter on your 2-drop. Yep. Right? Now your Thalia is a 3-2 first striker. Yikes. Good luck, opponent. I'm just going to smash you now. Yep. Right? And then if they wrath you, you get, like, a couple soldiers left over. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And it's a soldier for Mural. Mm-hmm. So it like, and it's a human. If like that's your jam, right? Yep. Like, you know, like black, white, or Obzon humans. Probably Obzon because Collective Company is busted. Um, <laughs> yep. right? Like this card kind of covers your bases there as well. Yep. Like the issue is, is like we have a lot of good threes in standard, right? And then we have a lot of good threes in older formats, like, uh. Skyclave Apparition, Off Tribe, but still um, Brutal Cathar. Brutal Cathar. Uh, Redane, if you want to, like, tax people. Mm-hmm. Right, so there are a number of cards that, like, kind of compete for this spot. But, right, like, it is... Like, if you Luminarch Aspirant into this, right, and you're just attacking with a 4-4 Aspirant on turn t- 3. That's like, pretty gross. Good, good luck. Like, yeah. th- thanks for playing. You, yeah. you better have a Wrath. And I think Lumark Aspirant is a soldier too, right? I think so, yeah. Right, so, like, perfect. Like, uh, Wrath you, and it's like, cool. I still get a 1-1 left over. Um, no, that might be a Cleric or something. Mm, it might be, yeah. Because that was the party set. Oh, yeah. See, can I... Warrior it is a Human Cleric. Cleric, yeah. Boo. But still, so you don't get a soldier left over, but you do get a 4-4 for two mana. Yeah, that's fine. 
It's fine. Yeah, I'll, I'll be okay. Yep. Yeah, like, human is the tribe that always just gets, like, random good cards. Mm-hmm. So, like, you just end up with a bunch of, like, randomly good cards that are, like, humans, and you're like, uh, can I play all of them? Probably not. You just have to find the right <laughs> the right pile of them to play. Yeah. What do we got next? All right. Moving on to blue, we have Arcane Proxy. This is a seven, uh, it's a prototype card. The as printed mana cost is seven colorless mana. It's a four, three artifact wizard. It has prototype for one blue, blue, and it's prototype power toughness is two, one. If you're confused about prototype, go back and, uh, listen to our mechanics episode. We explain all that. Um, when arcane proxy enters the battlefield, if you cast it, exile target instant or sorcery card with mana value, Less than or equal to Arcane Proxy's power from your graveyard. Copy that card. You may cast the copy without paying its mana costs. So, everyone has compared this to Snapcaster Mage. You're like, oh, it's a bad Snapcaster Mage. And it's like, it is, right? Because it doesn't have flash, but it casts a spell for free. Yeah. So, uh, I talked about this on Arena Decklist, and I kind of agree. Imagine a world where you play, um, what is the two mana red, like, new lava coil? Um, Something bolt. Yeah. Right. So you... Obliterating bolt. Obliterating bolt. So you, like, pay two mana, eat their two drop or their three drop. Right? Then they play their next card. Mm -hmm. And then you play this. Your turn two is kill your thing. Your turn three is play a 2-1, kill, your, kill thing. your thing. Like, that is, like, an amazing turn cycle. Mm-hmm. Right? And with, like, cards like Strangle and Obliterating Bolt, like, you're going to have, like, a blue-red kind of controly deck where you get to, like, just use Arcane Proxy as additional copies of all of your removal. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, like, a black deck with, like, cut down in infernal grasp and go for the throat. Yep. Right. Where you just get to like kill your thing, play my proxy, kill your thing again. And then in the late game, if you have some bigger spells like a, uh, gosh, like a memory deluge mm-hmm. and you feel pretty confident that you can just slam this for seven, have a four, three to try to win the game with. And also, well, I guess memory deluge, like it would only look at like two cards because of how it's worded. Yeah, but uh, would work at no cards. No cards is based. It's just how much mana you spent. How yeah, much okay. mana you spent to cast it. So yeah. okay, behold the multiverse or whatever generic yeah. four mana draw card thing is, right? Where it's kind of like a slow torrential gear hulk at that point. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's not Snapcaster Mage, but it doesn't need to be Snapcaster Mage to get played. Um, I mean the thing that I thought was interesting about it is the the prototype part Mm -hmm. because you could play this in cascade decks and never cascade into it and then if you know whatever your cascade spell is in your graveyard then if this guy's in your hand you get to cast this and whatever your cascade target is you get to cast ancestral visions or rhinos right like yeah turn three cascade into rhinos turn four more rhinos Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It stinks that they have it the like if it was cast clause. Yeah. Because um the the less good cascade decks with uh Glimpse of Tomorrow. Yeah. Right, like would spin into oh what are they called? Goblin Dark Dwellers. Yeah. To recast their their Glimpse of Tomorrow. And this could be more Goblin Dark Dwellers if it didn't have the if it was cast clause. Right. I mean, I guess, like, you have the situation of, what is that stupid Sphinx that's in Historic that, like, when it enters the battlefield, you get to recast the spell Oh the yeah, graveyard, yeah, yeah. where, like, you just, like, loop it, where you're just like, oh, I guess I'll cast a Refurbish and get this back, and then snap back my Refurbish, and then get another thing back. So, like, yeah. that would get a little annoying, but it does. But I do think, as a, like, bailout, I just need a body mm-hmm. that I don't cascade into. This does that. It also hits your cascade spell later and can just be general value. Like it seems like it's a good card. Mm-hmm. I think so, it's solid. Yeah. And like I said, it might have cool like modern, modern play. And if they, if they like randomly make other free cards, right? Yeah. Um, another weird thing is, I just thought about this, but like all of these prototype cards you could get with Karn. Mm-hmm. Just tutor them out of your board. So this card makes Karn the this set makes Karn the Great Creator perhaps too good. Yeah. He was too he was borderline too good before. But we're gonna talk about like, you know, the meteor golem that like hit the gym. Mm-hmm. Right? It's one more mana, but it's like Oh, this meteor golem's an actual win con. Yeah. Oh, that's probably bad. That Karn can just tutor up and answer to anything that also kills you. Right. And eats all your stuff when it attacks. Like <laughs> it has targeted annihilator one. This is probably we'll get not there. Good. We're not quite there yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. What else? Uh defabricate. One in a blue for an instant. It's uncommon. And it's modal. You get to choose one. First mode is counter target artifact or enchantment spell. If a spell is countered this way, exile it instead of putting it into its owner's graveyard. And the second mode is counter activate target activated or triggered ability. Um so it's an annul and a stifle stapled together. Yes. Uh I was thinking it is oh gosh, what is it called? Tail's end? So it's it's tail's end, and it's also like trick bind. It's like an annul with a trick bind stuck to it. It doesn't yep. have trick bind split second, but it has like it is that same mana cost. Like this is just one of those cards that is just generally like you wouldn't put this you wouldn't put either of these cards in your sideboard more than likely, but having one card that does both, you might. Mm-hmm. So how does this compare with the first card that we talked about, Calamity's Wake? Like, we, we talked about that and said that, you know, those two things together don't really make a card, but for Defabricate, these two things do make a card? So... Like, what's different about this compared to... the Calamity? Like, the top mode, right, the counter-target artifact or enchantment, right, that, like, intrinsically trades one for one. 
mm-hmm. right? So, like, you could play Calamity's Wake, and it's not like they necessarily had to have a card on the stack. Like, the only way Calamity's Wake's getting you a card is if they are casting a reanimation spell when you exile their graveyard. It's not like it counters their non-creature spell when right. you cast it. So, like, it has to be very, like, you've got to, like, kind of walk your opponent into them playing their uh, their their uh, their reanimation spell or thing that interacts with the graveyard. Mm-hmm. Where the Fabricate, like, they, they tap three mana for a Fable of the Mirror Breaker, and you just get to counter it. Right. Right. You've traded your defabricate for a card. I think the the counter target activated or triggered ability is more niche. Mm-hmm. I mean that could still certainly get a card's worth of value though. Oh, absolutely. Also, remember Unearth is an activated ability. It is. So you can like they can try to unearth their card and you can just counter it. Now it stays in their graveyard because the unearth was countered, correct? Oh, yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. I think it does. So it's not... So you're, like, you're not dealing with that problem necessarily, but, like, if it can buy you a turn to kill them or something. Uh, so, like, because it's a conditional counterspell, it trades for, it trades for a card. So this might be like if you were in the like uh, market for a uh, a a like stifle type effect, uh, right? Like tails end counter target activated triggered ability or legendary spell, right? This is kind of the same thing, yeah. except for instead of legendary spell, it's in- instant. Perfect. Enchantment. Artifact or enchantment, right? And like those god awful uh, Lotus Field decks, where they counter the the Lotus Field sack ability, mm-hmm. like this does that, yep. right? And also like if you would rather be set up to counter Fable the Mirror Breakers than you know hoping your opponents on a uh, an Omnath deck to get their mm-hmm. Omnath or whatever, like. Fable of the Mirror Breakers. If you play a mountain, you know that the counter target uh, enchantment side is live. <laughs> In basically any format. Yeah. Mountain. Okay, I have a target that yep. is really good. So, yeah, like this just is probably closer to... You know you can get a card with one of the modes. If you're mm-hmm. bringing it in, you're bringing it in because it gets you a card. This is, I think this is one that you put on here. Yes. Um, Herkel's Final Meditation. Why don't you tell us about this one? Speaking of god-awful Lotus Field decks. Um, (laughs) So it's four blue, blue, blue for an instant. As long as it's not your turn, this spell costs three more to cast. Return all non-land permanents to their owner's hand. End the turn. Um... so they still have to go to clean up and discard. Oh, that's gross. Right? Because you end the yeah. turn. So they still got to discard stuff out of their hand. And so those discontinuity decks, right? Now, discontinuity was a little different. It got super cheap if it was your turn and was like six or seven mana if it was their turn. 
Yeah. This is 10 mana if it's their turn. But those decks don't have a hard time getting to that much mana. Mm-hmm. So, like, if you can, like, and even doing it on your turn, right? Like, Lotus Field trigger on the stack, upheaval you. Yeah. Go. I have a Lotus Field now. Right? Like, that is. That is good. And so this exiles itself because it ends the turn? Because it's on the stack? Or no? Well, no. Because it doesn't. It it has to resolve in order for it to end the turn. Yeah. So, um. You can also flash this back with Gear Hulk. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty gross. Yeah, so like, you know, you can, uh, oh, and it picks up the Gear Hulk. It does. <laughs> so you can just like, if you have what, nine if mana? If you Gear Hulk it exiles. Oh, okay, okay, okay. We're not... Yeah. But you do pick up the gear hulk to then do something else, right? Right. Uh, I will discontinue you. Go. Uh, yep. uh, but yeah, you just get to like, like those decks get so much mana, and they just want ways to like time walk you. Mm-hmm. And if their time walk also has you pick up all of your permanents and right. put some number, well, pick up all of your non-land permanents and put some of them in the trash can. Yeah, like that is great for them because like they do they do this to you right and then like the next turn they like discontinue discontinuity you and your draw step yeah so that like you have to discard whatever you drew yeah and you're just like (sighs) magic is a fun and interactive game well i mean now they get to do this during your draw step yeah so but yeah like so it is just a card that like kind of fits in a deck mm-hmm. that is like just misery yeah but no fun you know they can get the 10 mana pretty easily uh or just like they like teferi untap lotus field like they do the uh the what was it called the the the, the green enchantment that untapped everything I'm not sure. Uh, Wilderness Reclamation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they just, like, float some mana, then they untap with Teferi, and they're just like, pick up all your permanents. Yeah. Yeah, fine, I'll end my turn, but now you have no threats. They're all in your hand. Yeah, gross. Yeah, rebuild. So, yeah, it just it just seems like an unfun card. That, like, there's yeah. a deck that can utilize it in Explorer and Pioneer. Yeah, I mean, 10 mana is a lot, so hopefully we won't see oh, too much of it. But. 10 mana is a ton, but we looked at Nexus of Fate and was like, well, that card's bad, and it was 7 <laughs> mana, and it was just, like, the entire format, and this is 7 mana if you do it on your turn. And if I was like, yeah, you have to, like, you upheaval your opponent, but they get to replay their stuff first, you'd be like, oh, okay, I- I'll live. My stuff's going to be better. So, all right. Next up, uh, we got two more to round blue out, and they're both from Discord. Okay. So, first up is Teferi Temporal Pilgrim, three blue, blue for a four loyalty planeswalker. Has a static ability. 
Whenever you draw a card, put a loyalty counter on Teferi Temporal Pilgrim. It has a zero to draw a card, so that's actually a, a plus one. Mm-hmm. You can negative two, create a 2-2 blue spirit creature token with Vigilance. And whenever you draw a card, put a plus one, plus one counter on this creature. And it has a negative 12. Target opponent chooses a permanent they control. No, I can't read this. <laughs> and return it to its owner's hand. Then they shuffle and each non-land permanent they control into its owner's library. So they get to keep one thing and put everything else in their grip. They everything else. And they tuck everything else. Um, This card is weird in that the minus two, like, is bring the beat down. Right. right? Just make giant, just make giant monsters. Yep. And then the effect of plus one is just like dirtle. Mm-hmm. But like, imagine if you will, the card brainstorm. Yeah. Or Jace the Mind Sculptor. Mm-hmm. Right? And you just are like, play Teferi, minus two, activate my Jace, have a 5-5. Five, five. Yep. And put three loyalty counters on my Teferi. Yep. So or library. Sylvan Library. Um, again, heck, like, any of the, like, you know, four mana draw twos. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, you do this, you, like, m- make a guy, and then you put four counters on it the next turn yep. in your Teferi. Or, like, you make a guy, draw a card for turn, make another guy, cast a draw spell. Now you have a giant Teferi, and you have two giant blockers. Yep. Um, it seems good. It, I mean, it's a lot for five mana. It is. It's it's kind of like Wandering Emperor, where like it it doesn't protect itself as well, but it can win the game. Well, right? I mean, Wandering Emperor has flesh; it doesn't need to protect itself. Well, I mean, it makes the it makes the soldiers and it exiles things. It doesn't have to protect itself, but like it can get something yeah. out of the way. But Teferi like also makes the tutus. Right and like the, the the samurai were super annoying or have been super annoying, even yeah. when they don't put a counter on them. Right and like these are the samurai in your, and this is one of those planeswalkers where that they've given you something for free, like every turn this card plus ones regardless of what you do. That's true. So it effectively makes make a two two a minus one. So minus one make a two two on a form loyalty planeswalker is really good. Yeah. Right? And the first two two you make is a three three the next turn. So mm-hmm. it just seems like you it's like gotta snowball and like just take over games. It's not like it's not Teferi Hero Dominaria good, I don't think. Yeah. Because that card's only three mana. It's also like ultimates right after a day's undoing, right? Like if you play mm, this. Since day's undoing, undoing ends the turn, all the draw triggers are on the stack. Oh, yeah. And then they get exiled. Yeah. Uh, 
someone pointed it might have been like Seth or some commander more commander focused person point out that they put Teferi's loyalty at one under ultimating it if you wheel right like well if I you, guess if you play this and wheel in the same turn then yeah but yeah you if can't you, like go to the next turn and then wheel then it ults yeah but like you can't get to eight mana and like upheaval your opponents right uh or you upheaval an opponent because it's only target opponent yeah um i like i assume there is just like with this in wandering emperor there is just a like dirtle blue white probably deck that like you're either gonna win the game like it's just a stack of counter spells removal Right, we're we're laying down arms. We're uh, march of otherworldly lighting things. Yeah, and then we're just like memory deluge in those two planeswalkers. It's just like a standard deck, and probably the explorer slash pioneer blue white deck. I don't think it. I don't think it cracks that because the five mana slot is already fairy hero of dominaria. Mm-hmm. But might like if you have a way to get to that ultimate super fast. I mean, like the rest of the Teferis that we've had, uh, like Three Fairy and Hero of Dominaria, they're good because they're an answer, mm-hmm. and like that's what you want in a control deck. Yeah, and then after they've answered whatever you're worried about, then they get you advantage over time until you run away with the game um this doesn't have that yeah this is very true like the the teferi that like got to activate twice or activate like on your opponent's turn saw hardly any play right and i get like and it was kind of a temporary answer because it phased something out yeah uh so yeah like this might just not be good enough because it's not an answer yeah. Right. It's I, more of like sure. a win con. And like you said, the uh like the negative two is bring the beats. Yeah, it and is. Like a control deck isn't looking for five mana bring the beats. Yeah, a I guess. Control if... deck is looking for like, yeah, I'll win eventually. Like there'll be some ham sandwich that comes along. And I yeah. don't like the rest of this card, I don't think it, you would play. Mm-hmm. Like um like Wandering Emperor. It's minus is bring the beats, but it's other minus is four mana removal spell that will occasionally just win you the game if they can't answer it. And this doesn't have like that, like generic because five mana to draw a card is not good enough. No. And five mana to make a two, two and just get your Teferi smashed by whatever thing is not good enough either. Yeah, that's the other thing. Is it super low loyalty? So yeah, when you minus it, it's to... like at two. Yeah, and you yeah. get shocked. Yeah, play with fire. Yeah, and you're just like, oh well, this didn't do anything. So yeah, maybe. Like I was just thinking, like the things that, like you know, brainstorm Jace, like this then goes like yeah. haywire, pretty quick. Yeah, and then the the creatures are really good, but. Yeah, but it might not be good enough because it doesn't answer anything. What else we got? Uh, we have Teresian Mindbreaker. 
Cool. Seven mana for a 6-4 Juggernaut. Juggernaut. When Tarissian Mindbreaker attacks, defending player mills half their library rounded up. And it has Unearth for one blue, blue, blue. This was another one out of Discord. So the rounded up thing means you actually get to mill your opponent out. Eventually, yeah. Yeah. Because it used to be rounded down and it like made it so it was really hard to like round it up kind of matters. Yep. Um, I don't... These kind of cards never work out, right? No, they're never good. There was like the... Was it the Ship Swallower or something? It was yep. like seven mana, like big sea serpent, like attack, mill your opponent out. Right, if their board's empty, you kill them before you mill them out. Mm-hmm. Right, because like let's say they have forty cards in their deck, they go to twenty, they go to ten, they go to five. You've dealt eighteen damage. Right, they're they're probably dead. Right, and uh, just milling half your deck doesn't do anything. It's like it's the Ulamog problem. Where, like, you don't hardly ever mill your opponent out with Ulamog. Because they take take 20. Yeah. You kill the threats and then you kill them. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, they can't chump because they will lose their deck eventually. Right? right? And this guy's kind of the same thing. Like, if they have a bunch of chump blockers, you just kill them by decking them. But I think this is more of like... So I don't think you would pay 7 mana for this. Like, 7 mana for a 6-4 with this ability... I don't think in any in any environment is good enough. So the unearth, I guess, is what makes this card interesting. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you're going to pay seven mana for this in the first place, which means what you want to do is mill this and then unearth it or discard it and then unearth it. And I don't think that you want to pay four mana for this as a one shot either. Okay, so I quickly Googled, or not Googled, I went to Scryfall, and I put in mill half. Yeah. Right? Uh, We had Fleet Swallower from Ixalan. It's a 6-6 for 7 mana that rounds half their library. Oh, no, this is rounded up as well. Rounded up as well. Uh, Literally saw no play in any format. Yeah. Like, not, not good in draft, not good in standard. Um... Our boy Lord Xander, he mm-hmm. had a brief moment in the sun, but mm, not really. Right. And then uh, there's a six mana spell that does this. Okay. With casualty, two. And then there's the Mindbreaker. So if Fleet Swallower is any like guide, this card won't see any play. Yeah. And. Like Fleet Swallower was was a six six as opposed to a six four. Yeah. And standard is infinitely more powerful now than when Fleet Swallower was legal. Legal. Yeah. So like I can't see this pushing in. Yeah. Maybe you'll get to mill someone out unlimited and like send a screenshot and live that dream. But I I can't see anything beyond that. I did. I I don't think so. Um. What did? Uh, I did see that like it's maybe like a Bruvec commander or brawl card, right? No, because it 
doubles it or whatever. Yeah, so you actually get to get their library in one swing. Yeah. So like if you could get this in, if you could. Yeah, but then like Fleet Swallower would do the same thing or that other but, or whatever. But if you like chart a course that's into your graveyard on um, two, then Bruvec on three, then unearth it on four. Combo nation. Uh but like you get to you get to live that dream in, in a brawl game and then run around your house in your underwear. Woo, we did it. But like no. it's not it's not a thing that's gonna be like super competitive. No, I don't think so. Alright. Moving on to black. We have a uh, gnawing vermin. What's gnawing vermin do? It is a black one-one creature, red and uncommon. When it enters the battlefield, mill two cards. When it dies, nice. target creature you don't control gets minus one, minus one until end of turn. So awesome! So it's like kind of a half stitcher supply or half shambling ghast. Yeah. So I like two cards isn't that many cards, right? Like right. we've we've all played Meyer Triton and been sad by only milling two cards. I, I mean, Meyer Triton was two mana too, though. Yeah. Um. But nine vermin, right? Just. A, a deck like Grease Fang just wants to fill their graveyard, mm-hmm. right? And this, like, again, can trade for a 2-2? Sign me up, right? So it's just one of those cards that's going to, like, let you fill your graveyard. You know, if we want to dust off the old, um, what's he called? Uh, Storm Herald or whatever, mm-hmm. Right? Like, here's another card to, like, put stuff in your graveyard. All that deck wanted to do was put cards in the graveyard. Yep. And this does that. So, if you're, like, trying to find more one-mana ways to, like, get cards in your graveyard, this does it. Mm-hmm. And it also gives you, like you said, like, you know, Festering Goblin or whatever. Yep. Or, like, half of Shambling Guest. Yep. So, just as a little bit of everything. I mean, there's certainly been times where I didn't make a treasure with Shambling Guest. Mm-hmm. We were like, okay, there are times I didn't use the good mode. <laughs> well, I mean, I think everybody knows that was the good mode. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh, we gave Black Ramp. What could possibly get yeah. wrong? Nothing at all. Nothing. It's Deadly fine. Dispute, make two treasures. Sweet. Cast my shield. cards, make two treasures. Cast my shieldred on turn three. All right. Thank you. What do we got next? Hostile negotiations. Uh, three and a black for an instant. Exile the top three cards of your library in a face-down f- pile. Then exile the top three cards of your library in another face-down pile. Look at the cards in each pile. Then turn a pile of your choice face up. An opponent then chooses one of those piles. Put that pile into your hand and the other into your graveyard. You lose three life. So this is like the weirdest factor fishing ever. It is. So you don't get to make the piles. You're just stuck with whatever the order they came off your, your library. Right. Um, and you get to play a super mind game with your opponent, which I'm always down for. Uh, yeah. Like if you have cards that want to be in the graveyard, things with unearth, tenacious underdog, right? Like do you... Like, leave the tenacious underdog pile face down. And so they put the, in hopes that they put the tenacious underdog in your graveyard. Do you yep. put the tenacious underdog pile up? 
so that they like give you that pile and put the other pile that you wanted them to put in your graveyard in your graveyard. Like, like you get to play all those kind of games. Mm-hmm. Um, a four mana draw three, lose three is probably pretty good. I think so. Right. You know, three mana draw two, lose two has been playable on black before. Yep. Um, Maybe this gives rise to like an Esper control deck or. um, Yeah, I mean, this is probably like would be considered for the same slot as like a um, glimpse or whatever. Yeah, it's it's memory. It's memory deluge. Or, yeah. or like a black white control deck that we had a while back that was like mm-hmm. treasure based, where you're just like, yeah, I just need ways to like get a bunch of card advantage, right? Like yeah. you winning announcement into this, and you're like tenacious underdog and trading stuff off. So, uh, it might get there, but like in like an Esper deck, like I think just Memory Deluge is better. Probably. Since you since you have control over what you get, yeah. Um, but like also, what is it? Dark bargain from that was like a common, yeah. like like it was card was a house in limited, and like this is gonna be great. I mean, it's a rare; it should be good limited, but it'll be great in limited. But like, I don't know if there's a deck for it right now. Like the like, do the mono black decks want this? Like, maybe. like, like maybe against like if you're playing like against control and you just go like, I need to make sure my hand is full. You mm-hmm. like side these in, and you're just like, okay, like I'm gonna do this on your end step. Are you gonna counter this and let me like stick my shieldred, yeah. or are you just gonna give me three cards? And like that, that's a tough question to answer. Mm-hmm. So, right. moving on to red, we have over the top. Uh, this is another one from Discord. Five red, red for a sorcery. Each player reveals a number of cards from the top of their library equal to the number of non-land permanents they control. Puts all permanent cards revealed this way onto the battlefield and puts the rest into their graveyard. Um. So, uh, it is. Right, like Glimpse of Tomorrow, Warp World, that doesn't shuffle stuff back in. Right, so it just like adds to your accumulation of cardboard. I mean, to make this, like to play this card, right, you have to be actively trying to break the symmetry. Right, you right. have to be playing, oh no, you have to play Fable the Mirror Breaker. Oh mm-hmm. no, what should you do? You have to play things that are like, like generate tokens, make extra cardboard. So yeah, they, I mean, what's kind of awkward with this guy is like being seven mana in a color that doesn't ramp. You're gonna want to play stuff that makes you treasures, mm-hmm. but then you have you to use the treasures. treasures to cast it, and then you don't get the benefit of breaking symmetry. Yeah, or it's harder. Yeah, there is a. I gotta find it. So there's the. There's the weird uh, 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 prismatic prism, energy something, 
that you pay two mana to make one mana, so it lets you launder your power stones through okay. it. So, like, you could use that. Like, it would take a lot of power stones, but, yeah. like, it does replace itself. Yep. And so that is a good thing. There's also, I feel like there is a creature in one of the other sets. So, sorry, Energy Refractor is the weird prismatic uh, uh, prophetic prism. There you go. But I thought there was a creature in one of the other sets that was just like, pay one, make one mana. Aha. Okay. Salvaged mana worker only lets you is pay one for one mana of any color. Activate this uh, only once each turn. So you can't oh. launder your power stones through it like infinitely. Yeah. Um, but you could definitely like, you know, use power stones if you had a way to make a ton of power stones and then use like energy refractor. So, I don't know. It, it You don't ramp. But, like, there's um, no reason that you couldn't, like, be, like, red-green and just try to go huge. Yeah. What about uh, Iron Crag Feet? Doesn't that make seven mana? It does. And you get to cast exactly one more spell. Yep. But, like, could you accumulate enough, like, could you accumulate enough non-land permanence by turn like four to make this worth doing if you had iron crack feet um i don't know could you you can make goblin tokens i guess like you could like turn two, like cranko's command turn three or goblin instigator or whatever yeah turn three fable because it's Dragon the answer Potter. to everything yeah fable or hordling outburst, and then you like iron crag. Yeah, feet. hordling outburst. That was the one I was thinking of. Uh, then you like iron crag. Or feet. even like one of the rebel masters is mm-hmm. probably fine. But like, yeah, we just building a goblin deck with this now. <laughs> like goblin, in, like goblin instigator, and like fable are better because you can hit them off of over the top. Yeah. Right. Like hordling outburst isn't good because you can't hit it. It. It seems like a lot of work to not get like a lot of setup to not get a lot out of it. But there's also like there's two things, right? There's one, the long history of red having like seven to ten mana sorceries that like literally hurt you or like do nothing in the game. Yeah. Right? But then there's the more recent history of wizards printing seven mana things for commander that are ridiculous <laughs> and standard, yeah. right? So, like, which one is it, right? Could you imagine in, like, an older format, like, like playing, a, like, a fable into, like, a, uh, like or, like, ramping or something, and then just, like, playing this off of fires? Mm-hmm. Like, Golos, in, like, fires yeah. into Golos into Over the Top? Oh, you know what else you could do is um, blood tokens. Mm-hmm. Like if you blood fountain um, and then the 3-2 black red guy. Uh, blood Tithe Harvester. Yeah. Like, that's like a legitimate that's... magic card. Yeah. Uh, oh, what is her name? Oh, gosh. Um, the the red-green legend from Dominaria United. 
that like you can tap an untapped artifact for green. Oh yeah. So then you just go like blood fountain into guy and a blood tithe officer into her and on turn four you're tapping your blood fountain, your four blood tokens. Yeah. And then you're doing this for like and getting like eight permanents. That's kinda cool. Right? Reveal number of non Yeah, so you get like eight permanents. Like, yeah. Like that could do a thing. But it does seem like an awful lot of work if your opponent's just gonna it, it, go like Yeah, it's a lot of work. Removal spell, Liliana, Shieldred. Yeah. You're like, but I, I went over the top. <laughs> like, no, not far enough. Yeah. You went over the top and there wasn't anything on the other side. Yeah. yeah. It was just uh no man's land. Yeah. It was a, a cliff right yeah. down the other side. All right. Yeah. Then we have the card we referenced before, obliterating bolt. One in the red for a sorcery. Obliterating Bolt deals four damage to target creature or planeswalker. If that creature or planeswalker would die this turn, exile it instead. I mean, this card's fine. It is fine. It is like a sideboard card a lot of times. Well, I mean, last time we had this card, it was main deckable. Yeah. I think the issue is that Shielder is a 4-5. Yeah. Right? If this did 5, if this was like Roast... Mm-hmm. then, like, it gets played way more because it just gets to eat Shieldreds. Children. But now, like, they just, like, your shield, like their Shieldred lives yeah. through it. So, like, like, it depends on if four is a, like, important, like, break point in yep. standard, right? If, uh, if four is, like, where a lot of the spells are, then yep. this card sees a lot of play. If, well, a lot of the like the three drops in mono white all have like four toughness, or three. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, was it Mirel from this set, and what was the one from Midnight Hunt? Adeline or Ad- Adeline has has four. Uh, so yeah, like this gets the red things. I guess it gets uh, Blade Coil Serpent. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big mythic. Um, I'm like I just yeah, put this in... exiles too. So like all the stuff that comes back out of the graveyard is all the unearthed stuff. Back. Yeah. Uh, I just I literally just put in like toughness is four or less. Oh wait, I guess I'm only getting artifact creatures. Good job, B. Wait, wait to really use that that, that search uh, powerfully. Um, but yeah, like it is at minimum a sideboard card, and can like if four. Four toughness or four damage is important. Raise up to like yeah. main deck, and like it, you know, it eats a Teferi, yep. right? Unless they zero it, it eats like it gets your Wandering Emperors. It kind of gets all of your creatures that all of your Planeswalkers as well. Yeah, it it depends if the format can handle having sorcery speed removal. Mm-hmm. Some formats can, some formats can't. So that's kind of another biggie. Yeah. But the like line of exile your two drop play arcane proxy on three, mm-hmm. exile your three drop yeah. is just like backbreaking. Yeah, that seems pretty gross. So like that might be a deck that gets to like exist. The problem mm-hmm. with a deck like that is a lot of the formats have devolved into like, I just go bigger than you. Right. And like, Doing full damage might not matter if we're just like doing giant things. Yeah. But like, 
Obliterating Bolt, your uh, underdog. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Pretty good. Obliterating Bolt, like, is almost always going to get a Ledger Shredder on turn yep. on turn two or three. Yep. It gets a Rafine on turn, like, on your turn three or turn four before it's attacked. Yep. Right? So, like, it does have a lot of, like, targets. It just sucks that it, like, misses Shieldred. Yeah. Like, kind of the, like, giant, like, the giant uh, card that everyone plays. Yeah. And then we have Visions of Phyrexia. This is our experimental frenzy of this set. Mm -hmm. Two red red for an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, exile a top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. At the beginning of your end step, if you didn't play a card from exile this turn, make a power stone. So this actually plays kind of well with uh, over the top. It does. It makes you power stones. Yeah. Now they they can't cast you over the top, but they right. they uh, it makes you like things. Um, well, like kind of if you have your uh, red green nerd. Hmm. True. Um. So part of me feels like this card is not great. Right. I wanted to say bad. Right, because like experimental frenzy, you could just bury your opponent by playing like yeah, three you, things you off the top. Going. Right, this gives you like one, but then mm. another part of me remembers outpost siege. Right, and outpost siege was really good. That was a different time in. Oh, it was a million years ago. It was yeah. a million, million, billion years ago. Right. I mean, so, would you play Chandra Torture Defiance if the only thing you could ever do was zero it? That's a plus. It's, hers is a plus one. Was it a plus one? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Yeah. I mean, that's what, like, Charger Torch of the Finance was always, like, kill a thing, get the board under control, then press your advantage. Like, you just taking turn four off to do this, like, yeah. can't end well for you. Yeah, I don't think so. And, like, with um, decks now, right, you've got, oh, gosh, You've got Farewell. They just can sweep up your enchantment. Mm-hmm. Right? You've got Terra Sunder. Just sweep yep. it, just get your enchantment. Right? Enchantment is a way less sticky card type than it used to be. Yeah. The uh the only nice part about this card is that if it makes it to your end step, you'll at least get a power token, power stone token for your troubles. For the first one, yeah. And it does let you play it lets you play. So you can so play lands. You can play lands. So that's good. Yep. All right. What do we got next? Uh, moving on to green. We are in Awaken the Woods. X green green for a sorcery. Create X11 green forest dryad land creature tokens. So they're basically dryad arbors. Yes. So um, my unput together commander deck will have one of this card oh yeah yeah like this is just like get all the triggers with tatiova you possibly can oh i'm sure this is this is the 30 plus dollar commander mythic for this set <sighs> well maybe i won't get it because i'm not gonna spend 30 plus dollars <laughs> on on for a card for a commander deck i may never actually put together yeah um yeah like it's a good commander card 
it is, I think, like, it is costed competitively for constructed. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's, like, it's not secure the ways, which was right. a white in an instant, a white and X in an instant. But it also, like, like, ramps you ridiculously. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, if, like, your creature glands don't die, you're good. Mm-hmm. So, and then if you have any kind of landfall shenanigans, like Dominaria United Tatiova, mm-hmm. right? Just, like, make a bajillion creature lands. Scoot Swarm. Yeah, Scoot Swarm. Like, just make a million scoots. Break yep. the, break arena's token thing like that's that is, <laughs> is what the main use of this going to be is like scoot swarm plus this break the number of tokens you're allowed to have. Yep. Um. So, yeah, like it's it's good. I don't know if it's sixty card good. It might be sixty card fun, but hundred card good. Yeah. Right, like if you think about, we have the. I guess we didn't talk about it here, but the whatever the like one red red deal three damage to each creature in Planeswalker and like, uh, and then like destroy all artifacts CMC or destroy all artifacts CMC three or less. Yeah. Um, right, like you dump all your mana into this, and they just like pay three mana and get rid of it. Temporal yeah. lockdown. They do the same thing. Right, there's a lot of things that are like hostile to this. Yeah, that's true. Right, like where you dump all your mana, and like if this card is good, then like you know the various infests in the format start showing up. Right, like the black one, black black draw two, lose two. That also is give all creatures neg one, neg one. Mm-hmm. It's like oh, I my card draw spell sometimes just like wraths my opponent's board. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. So, like, it's at that, like, spot where it is, like, it could be good, but I think, like, it'll do fun stuff in, like, Explorer to break Arena. Yeah. But I don't know if it's going to, like, do competitive stuff. I but, don't know. I think there's something cool you can do with it. I just haven't oh, I'm figured sure. out what that is yet. Yeah. Because, like, like, I mean, what's the number one use for uh, Green Sun? Get Dry Harbor. Yeah. I I know in order to do that, this costs three instead of one, but that's that's what this does is it goes to get Dry Harbor. I mean, at three mana, it is... This is an interesting way of thinking of it, right? What if you don't care about the bodies, you care about the lands, right? So at three mana... It's your standard pull a land out of your deck, put it on the battlefield. At okay. four mana, it's Migration's Path. It is. At five mana, it's a ramp spell that we don't have. Right? There's not a five mana get through lands. Go get three. Right? So maybe yep. you should look at this as like your way to get from five to eight to cast yep. your like city, your cityscape uh, decimator or whatever Mm -hmm. right so maybe this is more of a ramp spell and not a creature spell yeah maybe this is it also gets you from five to seven for your over the top 
Fair? Oh no, non land. Non no, they're non land, right? Uh it is non land. Oh yeah, land. you can't yeah, you can't yeah. they wouldn't count. Yeah. They'd let you cast it, but they wouldn't like count for yeah. as as bodies for it. So maybe it's just maybe it's just a mythic like cultivate or a mythic like migrations path. <laughs> yeah. Right. It's funny to say, but like if you think about it like that, like Yeah. Like it makes it easier to understand like what its use cases are. Mm-hmm. And those and sometimes it's just like put ten power on the board. And that's good. Yeah, I mean it plays well with uh Nissa. Oh yeah. Because either you have Nissa out and you make a whole bunch of forests or you play a Nissa and then all your forests tap for two mana. Yeah. Uh and Felidar retreat. Just oh, make yeah. a bunch Felidar of two twos. Yeah. So yeah, no, this let's think of it like a, a a ramp spell that three mana is fine, not playable, four mana is explosive vegetables. Yep, sometimes playable. Sometimes playable. And five is probably playable. Yeah. Like a card we don't have. They haven't printed it yet, so I'd imagine that it's got to be pretty good. Yeah, like the only thing I could think of was like Hour of Promise, but it gets two lands. Yeah, or Slamfoot Survey, which is also two lands. Slimy boy. That's right. I love that card. It was so bad. <laughs> All right. So what what else we got here? Bushwhack. Oh, this I we talked, talked about, about earlier. Yeah. Yep. So uh, it's a green for a sorcery at Uncommon. Choose one. Search your library for a basic land card. Reveal it. Put put it into your hand. Then shuffle. Or target creature you control fights target creature you don't control. So it is lay of the land plus prey upon. Yep. So what this card can let you do is it can let you shave on lands a little bit because as long as you have a green source, this is a land. So that later in the game, it is um, a uh, it is a removal spell. Yep. Right. It's almost like a split card, green. Well, it's like green. Green get a land, mm-hmm. and then green fight. But like like that on turn one, that green get a land is way more valuable right. than the fight. But on turn seven, the fight is way more valuable than the land. So it's almost like a, oh gosh, like an MDFC that it, when the land enters the battlefield, like the land enters the battlefield tapped. Yeah. Or the land, or when the land enters the battlefield, you have to pay one. Yep. Right. And like that card would be playable if you had like, you know, ETB tap land with fight on the front. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, did you get everything else? No, I got nothing else for Bushwhack. All right, now we got a reprint. This yeah. is Fauna Shaman, one and a green for a 2-2 elf shaman. Pay a green and tap it and discard a creature card, and you get to tutor for a creature card. Put it in your hand. The, Are there any fun shenanigans we can do with Fauna Shaman? In standard right now, none that come to mind, but this card just does shenanigans. Yeah. Like, this card just is, it would get pistol whipped 
It yeah. does so many shenanigans. <laughs> uh, Go get Target Crater Hoof. Yeah, get Target Crater Hoof. Get, you know, it's a way to fill your graveyard to mm-hmm. reanimate stuff. Right? Yeah, especially with all the unearth or... Mm-hmm. Right, or just, you know, put put a big fatty in there and then go get a value creature, mm-hmm. right? Like, this is the kind of thing that you put the what, Luminarch of the Third Path in mm-hmm. your deck because it lets you, like, you're like, oh, I need to blow up an enchantment. Yep. I'll, you know, I have one Luminarch of the Third Path. I have... Loran. Loran, I'm sorry, of the Third Path. Yep. Uh, I have one, you know... Enters the battlefield, counter, uh, destroy target creature. Mm-hmm. Right, I've got one of that effect in my deck. I can go get it. it. It's also, like, I know we were talking about making use of the discard for unearth stuff, but it's also like a a slow entomb. Mm-hmm. Because you discard the first thing and then tutor for the thing that you actually want in your graveyard. Then you get to discard that next turn and go get another one. The... The thing that holds it back, right, is it's a two-two. Yeah, right. It's it's a bear. It's it's dice the dice removal argument. Like it's hard to build your deck around this, right? If like if mono black is the best deck, right? Like you can't realistically put this in your deck mm-hmm. and like expect it to live. If red black is the best deck, right? If you're on the play, blood tithe harvester doesn't tag it. But if you're on the draw, like, you just play it, and it's just, like, cool, I'll trade for your blood type harvester. Yeah. So, like, there is some, like, awkwardness there where it doesn't, like, it's not super resilient. It'd be way better if it was, like, a 1-3. Mm-hmm. Right? But, like, you it's can't. It's an elf, though. It is. It is. We do have uh, the elf lord. Yep. But what I was going to say is, like, you can, like, it does fun things. Yeah. Right? And so, like, maybe you're playing some unranked games where you, like, get to do your fun thing mm-hmm. sometimes, and you're okay with the fact that, like, there's a large portion of decks that you're going to lose to. But, like, there's not really been a competitive fun shaman deck. No, I don't think so. Right. It's funny, like, putting this on a body makes it, like, borderline. On an enchantment, too good banded legacy. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, I have to like wait a turn. I can't play this on turn three and immediately throw it in my graveyard. No, you can't. You have to you have to wait a turn. Not good enough. Can't do it. Yeah. Right. So it's like right at that like edge. But it will do some fun stuff and fill the graveyard. So like if it hangs around, like there's not a like reanimation creature, is there? Uh, uh Nethroy. Is that like that's not in standard though? No. So like that is uh why is artifact still here? No, but you could Nethroy onto this. You could make it real big. Yep. Um I didn't realize that card was still in standard. Cards that uh uh, bereaved Savior. I had not thought of that card in a very long time. Um, I was just looking for, like, I guess you could, like, 
uh, discard something, get an extraction specialist. Mm-hmm. Like dis- drop a t- discard a two drop, get back extraction special, get an extraction specialist, get it back. Yeah. Um, sadly, there are no vehicles that are also creatures that you could get with Grease Fang. <laughs> yeah, not so um, much. Not, not so much. Uh, Lanowar Green Widow, like, kind of reanimates itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you have, like, enough non... Uh, enough uh, basics or enough creature types. Yeah, there's not, like, a ton of... Uh, there's not a lot of things that, like, return something from the graveyard to the battlefield. There's yeah. the five mana uncommon that we talked about here of the dunes. It brings back something 3CMC. Mm-hmm. Sorry, there are ways that you could get creatures that would, like, let you put stuff, what you discarded, uh, into your... So... Or body launderer. Mm-hmm. Um, Fauna Shaman was already modern legal, right? Yes, I think it was like in M. I feel like it was like M14 or something. No, I don't think it was in M14. Because I don't think it was Pioneer Legal before this. Uh, it was Pioneer. Oh, I guess it's Pioneer Legal now. Uh, M11. M11. So Magic so was 2011 there... was the. Was, yeah, the print. 11. Yeah. So. There we go. Yep. So was modern legal, was not pioneer legal. Is now pioneer legal. Is now pioneer legal. Yep. I'm sure um, we'll see some short some sort of shenanigans with it. Why is it not legal in alchemy? It's so weird. Cause it's not standard legal yet? But like on Scryfall it says it's standard legal. On Scryfall, no, it says standard Pioneer Explorer legal, Alchemy not legal. Hmm. Weird. Yeah, I don't know. I don't interact with that format, so it's fine. Yeah, uh, me neither. Moving on to multicolored. We have uh, Legions to Ashes. What's Legions to Ashes do? It's Vindicate. Kind of. Kind of. It's one white black for a sorcery. Exile target non-land permanent and opponent controls it all tokens that player controls with the same name as that permanent. So if so it's you kind of like a cross between Vindicate and Maelstrom Pulse, kinda. But like you only get the Maelstrom Pulse if they have tokens. So like, I don't know if we're gonna be copying things, making token copies of things, or mm-hmm. if this is like you get to nuke their Power Stones. It also nukes all of your uh, Dryad Arbors. Non-land, my friend. The Dryad oh. Arbors are just <laughs> laughing Arbors at Dryad Arbors are safe. Dryad Arbors are like, I'm good. I'm a land. Leave yep. me alone. Yep. Uh, it gets your Power Stones. Mm-hmm. Like, if if you get a bunch of treasures with it, your opponent's bad for not sacking <laughs> the treasure you, ca- you targeted. Right. Uh, it gets Blood Tokens if they don't have a mana up to sack the, the one you target. Um, right, like, it's, like, Vindicate's good because it eats lands. This misses lands. Um, like, Anguish Unmaking and Utter End or Instant Speed. Right. So, like, this being Sorcery is kind of, eh. 
And I don't know how important the token class is. I don't know. I could see it like randomly being relevant. Yeah. Like, it, I, maybe this is here for Grease Fang to clean up angels after uh, Berhelion. So, okay, we can't fix the Grease thing, Fang thing, but we can get, we get those two angels. So, uh, <laughs> you, so they have to reanimate another thing before they yeah. uh, kill you. Before they kill you. Yeah. They, ha- they have to play a uh, Rafine's informant to put that Parhelion into their graveyard again. Right. <sighs> Thanks, wizards. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's in that weird spot where if it was an instant, it's good enough. Yeah. Right? And, like, what was the, is it Voidrend was three colors in an instant and couldn't be countered and, like, exiled a thing or destroyed a thing? Yeah. And, like it being three colors kind of like made it not get played. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, this is two colors, but it's not an instant. So it's kind of hard to know exactly like where it's going to end up. Yep. But if there is like a token deck and you need to like bio blight, a bunch of goblins. Sure. Right? If, if someone's it's trying to go it. over the top with a bunch of goblins, they have the tech to take care of it. I guess this cleans up all the, uh, War Marshal, or War War Master tokens too, and elves. Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, the other gold card we have is Mishra Tamer of Makfawa. This is not the Meld Mishra. This is the other one. This uh, is the rare Mishra. Red. Yep, three black red for a four four. Permanents you control have Ward sacrifice a permanent. And each artifact card in your graveyard has unearth one black red. I don't. I don't know if this card is good. I don't think it is. I don't think so. It is either. Uh, Ward sacrifice a permanent for all your permanents have that. No, no, one permanent has that, and it's Mishra. Right. Because where where is the first removal spell going? It's not going to some other thing. They're going to take out Mishra. If they have two right. removal spells, it's Mishra, sack a land, kill the other thing. Yep. Right? Where it's awkward is, like, if they have to kill something else and right. not Mishra. But, like, I feel like they just always kill Mishra and they sack a thing. Now, right, we have found that, like, graveyard trespassers, like, discard a card hurts real bad. Yes. But, like, on turn five, like, you're probably able to sack a land after they've played yeah. this. So it's not as punishing as, like, discarding a card. Like, and you're always going to be able to pay this. Sometimes, like, um, right, you have to discard a card. So if you don't have a card to discard to Graveyard Trespasser, you can't pay the ward. Mm-hmm. Right? This, like, you're always going to have a permanent to sack. Yeah, and especially with as many like random game objects as Wizards is giving us, like mm-hmm. I imagine there's going to be treasures and bloods and soldier tokens and oh yeah, power stones a plenty. But again, like even your like blood tithe harvester, right? You sack your blood tithe yeah. harvester to kill one thing, and, and then sacrifice your blood, and then your blood still yeah, you sacrifice your blood to kill this thing, and you're like, okay, whatever, I'm good. Yep. So it's like, also awkward at five mana because mm-hmm. like. I guess the plan is that you want to give like, you know, something giant on Earth, mm-hmm. but at five mana, you—that's kind of cost prohibitive to play this 
and then give something giant on Earth. Yeah, like you've got to get to eight mana before you can like play it and yeah. activate, and you have to have like what is this four black, black, red, red to make that happen? Yeah, right. You're asking an awful lot. Yeah. Now, one thing we may have glossed over is these activated abilities, like this one. Right, power stones will pay for the colorless part of the activation. Oh, so so you're down to three black, black, red, red? <laughs> hey, I didn't say it was good. I'm just saying the power stones are there to pay for part of it. Yeah. But, like, yeah, this just doesn't seem like it's good yeah, enough. I don't think it's great. Yeah, like, there's, there's a lot that you can do with five mana and black, red that is better uh, yeah. than this. Yes, for sure. Then we have some colorless cards. And this first one uh, I've seen all over the place. What's this first one here? Haywire Might. It is one for an artifact insect at uncommon. It is a 1-1. One, one. When it dies, you gain two life. You can pay a green, sack Haywire Might, exile target, non-creature artifact, or non-creature enchantment. Uh, this goes in every Urza Saga deck that can make green mana. Mm-hmm. Because imagine on turn two, you play your Urza, or on turn three, you play your Urza Saga on the play, and your opponent plays their Urza Saga on their turn three. You get to eat their Urza Saga with your Haywire Might and take them off of their ability to search for mm-hmm. a, uh, a one mana artifact. And you get to gain two life. Mm-hmm. Right? It doesn't kill the constructs, but it actually kills the Saga. It also, like, kills a chalice. Mm-hmm. It kills a ley line. Like, it just does everything. And, like, it is super versatile for an Urza Saga target. Yeah, I mean, the last time we had this on a creature was, like, Caustic Caterpillar, mm-hmm. which was a two-drop. It was a bear, right? It was a two-mana two-two. I thought it was a one-one. Was it a one-one? Um so this is like less expensive anyway mm-hmm. and like you said it's an artifact so relevant card type relevant card type like uh caustic caterpillar was a okay it was a one one for one so it was green for a oh, one one okay. and it was activate for one and a green destroy target artifact or enchantment so it gotcha. wasn't limited to non-creature non yeah. uh non-creature in any way but in older formats, there aren't a lot of, like, creature artifacts floating around. Or creature enchantments. Or creature enchantments. I guess there's, like, Eidolon, but... Eidolon, and then some of the stuff out of, like, 8-cast. Yeah. But, oh, like... Yeah. But, like, this is, like, you know, even if this just kills some dumb thing out of 8-cast, because it gains you two life, it kind of uh, blocks a... Uh, uh, whatever they oh what is he called the the thopter guy that uh let's see it's uh gosh this is making content here people um i don't know what you're talking about earlier. the guy the, the guy with uh affinity that enters the battlefield and draws two cards this is a two two flyer well, this doesn't block it it kind of does it gains you two life oh that's true yeah right like it like gains thought you monitor. two life thought monitor there you go i was like thought cast and that but like you know it gains you two life it can buy you a turn 
to like yeah. get you an extra draw. It just kind of does a little bit of everything. Should really be called eight thought. It should, but thought My has a guess. negative co- connotation. <laughs> I called it eight thought initially, but like it's it's no, it's eight cast. Yeah. Because you have eight thought casts as opposed to just having, but they could spell it like thought, like the thought. Right. Like yeah. I had a thought, not like T H O T, not that, not the yeah. bad thought. Yeah. Only good thoughts here. <laughs> so yeah, like this could see sideboard play in standard and like other formats, but it's like mm-hmm. just a staple in like any Urza's thought. There's a uh, saga deck that can play green. Yep. Right. So like lands, or even like even eight cast. Right. Where mm-hmm. like they have Mox Opal. Yep. Right. Like okay, cool. I have my green source. I'll go get this. Yep. So seems good to me. Next up, we have Blade Coil Serpent. It's uh. Casting cost is weird. It's a X six. It's mm-hmm. a five four artifact creature serpent. When blade coil serpent enters the battlefield, for each blue blue spent to cast it, draw a card. When blade coil serpent enters the battlefield, for each black black spent to cast it, each opponent discards a card. When blade coil serpent enters the battlefield, for each red red spent to cast it, it gets plus one plus zero and gains trample and haste till end of turn. So the reason they give you the X is in case you want to overpay for some of these abilities, but mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's going to pay like eight mana for this, right? Probably not. So the reason I asked this, for this to be put on the list, I don't know if anyone else did, was I feel like we all missed Hydroid Crisis. Yep. Right? And there's a huge difference between a cast trigger and mm-hmm. an enter the battlefield trigger. But mm-hmm. this is right. It never gets as big as hydrate crisis to, did, but for eight mana, right? Hydrate crisis was like a six, six trampler mm-hmm. that drew you three cards. Yes. Right. For eight mana. Now, granted, if it's all blue, right, this is a five, four, that draws you four cards yeah. if it if it hits the battlefield. If yeah. you're like blue black and you split it evenly, it's a five it's a five for one. Yeah. Right? It gets gross. them two cards, it draws you two cards. Now the difference is it has to resolve. Right? Like mm-hmm. Hydroid Crisis, you could just like look at your opponent and just go like I don't care. Wind should wipe or tap. I'm gonna gain some life <laughs> and draw some cards. Right? Yeah. I don't care what's in your hand. I mean, you also had Nissa making, like, all of the green mana to dump into it. But this, like, you you have to have it resolved. Like, when the Windshield Wiper tap can go poorly for you, Mm -hmm. right? It never went bad for you with Hydroid Crisis. You always ended up with, like, four cards and and two life or whatever. Or four life or whatever it was. So I just wanted to bring this card up that, like, this is... 50, 60, 70% of a Hydroid Crisis? Yeah, Crisis flew also, which was mm-hmm. relevant. And this doesn't. Like, it was easier to close a game with Crisis. It, it was. It was. Chump. But just like that, like, it can be like a, a massive swing. Yeah. Or like, even like in a mono black deck, right? Like, 
You've kind of oh, depleted yeah. the it's resources. A, mana, discard three cards. Yeah, mind twist. You have a five four. Yeah. Like, neat. I guess I win now. I four yeah. for one you. Right, like, I I played a shieldred into this. Oof. I guess the game's over. Thank you for participating yeah. in this match. Basically. Right. And uh, Power Stones do cast this. They do, but they don't get you the bonuses. They don't get you the bonuses. But, like, I don't know if it's two Power Stones, if it's a 5-4 that draws two cards with two Power Stones. Right, the biggest Mole Drifter ever. <laughs> That's true. Right, here's a 5-4 Mole Drifter. I don't fly, but I just smash everything on the ground. Yeah. Right? Like, it just... I didn't want to not talk about it. I don't think it's as good as Hydroid Crisis. Yeah, I don't Don't, like, don't run out and, like, spend a bunch of money on this thinking that uh, Hydroid Crisis is going... It's, it's going to be Hydroid Crisis. And, I mean, even Aaron Forsyth said no one plays standard. So, like, don't... <laughs> I don't know if this is a card that sees... Um, I don't think it sees older format play, like Crasis doesn't. Well, I mean, for a little while, it's uh, Pioneer play. A little bit. But, like, I don't foresee this, like... Like, if I had blue mana and wanted to cast a creature that drew me cards, I'd play green mana and play Crasis. <laughs> True. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, like, this could be good. Like, this, just, just keep an eye on it. Like, you know, I don't know. If it's, like, 50 cents... And like standard comes back, yeah, buy some. And like if standard comes back, then you like have them. And if not, you're out like a quarter because you then sell them for bulk for a quarter a piece or whatever. That's right. Stonks. Stonks. Another mythic. Yes. This one is a cityscape leveler. Eight mana, eight eight trample. When you cast this spell, and whenever cityscape leveler attacks. Destroy up to one target non-land permanent. Its controller creates a tapped power stone token. And you can unearth for eight. Okay. Um, so this is one more mana than Meteor Golem. Ten more stats. <laughs> and it tramples. And you're guaranteed to get the first thing if you put it on the stack. Uh, like meteor golem's gotta hit the gotta hit the battlefield. This is just like put me on the stack. I eat a thing. Yep. And then like the there's a lot of times that the power stone's not gonna matter. Right. Right. Like you're playing against mono white, and you eat something. The power stone does literal nothing in that deck. You're playing against yep. like black red and pioneer. Power stone. I guess the power stone can activate a blood token. But effectively does literal nothing. Or I guess can turn on a man land. Um, King is like blue-white control. I guess it can like activate uh, Castle Vantress or Castle Ardenvale. Like it just doesn't do anything that matters. Right. Right. It's just super Meteor Golem. Yeah, I mean 8 mana is a lot. but But yes. What deck plays Meteor Golem right now? I don't know what deck plays Meteor Golem right now. Mono Green Devotion. Oh, where that's you, true. Where you get it out of the yep. would you get it out of the cyborg with Karn? That deck routinely makes like fifty mana. Yep. Right? Like I guess this is probably relevant like in Tron too, right? Yeah. Like the only thing is like it being eight, it kinda puts it at like 
the it's this or Ugin. Yeah, and like I think Ugin's better. Yeah. Right, but like, what about like if we go if we go way far back? What about like Cloud Post? Oh yeah. You just like, like you just have another giant thing to get with you to like. Like, you can't blow up their lands, but you're just like, yeah, like, I'll eat your, like, Tide Regent, and now, like, it takes a lot of bolts to deal with this. Yep. Oh, you forced it? Yeah, I still ate your thing. <laughs> Neat. Yep. Get three for one, nerd. Uh, yep. Yeah, so I think that this has a home in... It could have a home in Tron. Like, you could build a Tron deck that this is, like, what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I think it Definitely goes in the sideboard of mono green because mm-hmm. now your meteor golem can win you the game. Like, right? Like, if you're not coming hmm? in a hurry, in a, yeah, like, like it just be like, well, I guess I'll get this meteor golem because it's going like it'll kill whatever hate piece I need to deal with. Now it's like, I guess I'll get my meteor golem that puts them on a two turn clock, yeah, and they have to kill it twice or they have to exile it, right? Because, like, if they counter it. Then you just unearth it the next turn and you eat another thing and you mm-hmm. ate them. Like, that's just wild. Yeah. So. And the art's sick. The art is sick. Uh, I don't know if you saw the, uh, there was a PK video that he was like, I hate the fact that we don't blow up lands anymore. Cityscape leveler literally does not level cities. <laughs> it does <laughs> not mess true. with lands. Yep. Um. Yeah, I mean, if this eight lands, like eight plus good times, then like then I know it would go into like Tron and yeah. uh, Cloud Post. Yeah, right? could you imagine like turn, For sure. yeah, turn three, blow up your only land, play my eight <laughs> eight, like okay, like or blow up one of your two lands, like get your Vulk, enjoy casting lightning bolts off of that island that you fetched. Yeah, yeah, so. I have seen talk that maybe this is a set that gets Karn banned. Maybe. Because, like, there's just so much good stuff for Karn to go get. Like, oh, hey, I need a way to, like, like, also a uh, Haywire guy, Haywire Might. Mm-hmm. Great as a Karn tutor target. True. Like, oh, man, like, they, they pithing needled my Kiora. Not anymore, they didn't. Not anymore. So. All right. Next up, we have Portal to Phyrexia. This is a nine mana artifact. It's, Whenever... it's, it's secretly four mana or five. <laughs> Whenever Portal to Phyrexia enters the battlefield, each opponent sacrifices three creatures. At the beginning of your upkeep, put target creature from a graveyard onto the battlefield under your control. It's a Phyrexian in addition to its other types. So this is original shieldred for nine mana on an artifact. I guess, yeah, that's a good way to think of it. Um, so I'm looking up the the name of the card now. Uh, there is a card in this set that is one white white return target artifact. Where is it at? Repair and recharge. Three white white return target. Artifact, enchantment, or planeswalker card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Create a tapped power stone. Yep. This card costs five mana. Your whole job is to put it in your graveyard, get it back for five, decimate your opponent's board, 
Yep. And it is, um, what is it called? Uh, oh, what is it called? I'll think of it in a second. Uh, Godfarrow's Gift with less yep. steps. Right? It's just get in the graveyard somehow and then jam. Like, get it back. Yeah. Like, the, the difference, though, is that Godfarrow's Gift made anything a threat. So when you trade it off, you're like self-mill creatures. They became like a formidable threat. And like this doesn't do that. True. Uh, it doesn't get anything back. But like I feel like getting to turn all of like getting to like destroy three of your opponent's creatures. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right? no, that's like, good. I, I just meant that like your Stitcher players are never going to be a 4-4 with this. Yeah, but like you don't have to play those cards, right? Like now well, you get I mean, the now you, you got to get this in your graveyard, and you got to find something to reanimate. No, you're still gonna play self mill. Your opponent does that for you, right? You just get your opponent's creatures back. No, from a graveyard. Yeah. Right? So you like you just like whatever your opponents have like for three turns, like that's your food. Right now, like. You've got to hope that they have good things, but like you have a right. uh, fateful bending. Mm-hmm. Oh as, yeah, that's true. As a way to like chew through your deck, you, you could play like removal, right? Like yeah. removal and counter spells kind of deal. Yeah. And then like you count like, you know, you're like sure your children resolves play this. Now the downside is is like cards like um, oh, oh god, graveyard trespasser. Yeah. Right, that oh, are gonna yeah, like yeah. that are gonna eat this before you get to do anything with it. Yeah, uh, but like you don't have to play the um, you don't have to play the cards that are like you know you don't have to play the citrus suppliers and stuff like that. Right, like you have a little bit more control over it. Mm-hmm. But then like you can just lean on like I don't need creatures. I just need to kill all my opponent stuff, mm-hmm. and then win the game with that. I think that is like a reasonable plan and standard. Yeah. Right. Probably it gets less reasonable in older formats where like you could just run into the like all planeswalker control deck and then this card has no text. I mean, it's it's a fun tinker target. Oh yeah. Oh, (laughs) like this is a vintage cube card. Like the tinker for this, just like wrath your board, get stuff back. Yes, please. Um, so Mythic or Go and Like Cube. Ember Cool, you got there. Be a shame if something happened to it. It had to be the 1313 one. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, it'd shuffle in. Yeah, boo. Yeah. Oh, I want to get that back. But. It's stifle the shuffle. <laughs> <laughs> Going real hard. Going. <laughs> like, I got these four stifles in my deck. I'm going to get your fetch lands or your Ember Cool. One of the two. <laughs> Um. Yeah. No. This is like. Yeah. I guess it is original Shieldred. I just think it's a. It's a. It's a card that could be good. There. Mm-hmm. There isn't. There's only the one reanimation tar- The one reanimation spell. Repair and recharge in standard. Yeah. Well, and no. There's a. There's one in Kamigawa. That returns an artifact. I thought it I returned so. a vehicle. Uh, I thought there was one. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. I'm only I'm only looking at 
I'm looking at the Set Brothers War. I needed to look at all of Standard. Uh, one second. Uh, legal uh, in Future Standard. All right, so let's see here. Uh, there's Brilliant Restoration, which costs seven. Um, there is... It reanimates lots of things, though. It does. It does. Uh, graveyard Shift, no. I know what card you're talking about. Uh, no, so Okiba Salvage returns target creature or vehicle card from your graveyard to the battlefield. So it, does, it doesn't return just an artifact. It returns a, a vehicle. Yeah. Um, so you got to make this vehicle somehow. There we go. We got to got to get under Hop the hood. Got to get. A- yeah, Desrut will like absorb this thing into his other arm, and then like he can just hop on his back. You just you just have to stick ride a, him into battle. You have to stick a grease fang on his back. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> I was thinking that um. Right, like. You were worried about having ways to, like, interact with, like, to actually have creatures. Mm-hmm. So, like, I had played, I put a video up uh, back when Kamigawa came out with, um, uh, oh, okay, I got it. But, so there is, um, like, you could Brilliant Restoration, Colossal Sky Turtle kind of shenanigans. Right, oh, where yeah, you're yeah. using the Sky Turtle to like interact with your opponent, but now you have stuff in your graveyard. The other card we want is we want Invoke Justice. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking. Yeah, return target permanent card from your graveyard. So you have an yeah. you have two like five mana wait, 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 wait. Yeah, you have two five mana reanimation spells in white. So this this only costs five. So well, then you I, I mean that does a lot for five. Oh, it does a ton. But what I'm saying is, is like then you can like, you could have Sky Turtle as a way to like put things in your graveyard that you want them to get back, right? And like so you're kind of like blue white base, and then you have a little bit of green for like, you know, if you need to use like Sky Turtle's other ability, yeah. And then you have a, uh, you get to play. Um, Faithful Mending mm-hmm. as a way to get this in your graveyard. And uh, what's his name? Uh, the Modern Age. Mm-hmm. Or you're like red because Fable of the Mirror Breaker is just the best card in the format. Right. Right. And then you discard your portal to Fable. So you're like Jeskai. Yep. Jeskai Portal. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of tough if you're trying to cast white, 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 though. It is. It is. And you don't, I guess you don't have the. The, you don't have the the Jeskai Triome. That's for yeah. my Coria. But I guess Fable does make you a treasure to... To help you get to know. white. Yeah. Um, It'd be better if you were like... But you could be like red-white, just like light-blue splash mm-hmm. or something. Uh, Just, you know, not 100% sure how this works out, but... um, We'll figure it out, though. Yeah, but like... You have it sounds five, like a good deck to play on a Tuesday. It does. You have five, you have five ways to reanimate it. Yeah, like that seems like so good. Or I guess you're like black and you like your black white, 
or Mardudu, and you play you played Lily. Yeah, it was another way to get things in the yard. Yeah, get un- this in the yard. Unfortunately, again, like, like if you play Esper, then you get you get the Triome. Yeah. Right. So then you you get Lily, Faithful Mending, this, and then like a pile of removal. Hmm. And you just like jam removal spells to kill all your opponent's stuff, and then like what you decide to leave behind, portal gets, mm-hmm. and then gets to bring back. The braids in the format, and that just like hurts me. <laughs> Ruins all the fun. Ruins all the fun. Yeah. But like, I think that like some of the channel creatures that like interact, like like turtle, are good for that. And then uh, I don't think there's anything else, right? Like any other cards that really interact? Like I played some pretty sketch cards in that uh, that brilliant restoration deck. Yeah. But um, let's see here. So I guess you have Turtle. Uh, oh, you've got uh, what's his name? The twin shot, shot sniper. Mm-hmm. No, it's red, but like it gets to like eat something. Uh, it, if we're in green, we have that uh, the tanuki. Mm-hmm. That ramps you. It ramps only you. gets a oh, it gets a basic land. So like it can get it can help you with white. Yeah. So like you could be like bant probably bant or like chess guy. Mm-hmm. Bant gets you a Triumph, too. Mm-hmm. So that would be... And lets you use both sides of Turtle. Yep. So, uh... All right. We got uh, one more artifact to do. Okay. What do we got? This is Skitterbeam Battalion. Yeah. Uh, we already talked about this in one of the previous episodes, but I thought this card was sweet, so I want to talk about it again. It's uh, nine mana for a 4-4. Four, four. Or it's prototype, so it's three red red for a two two, with trample and haste, and when Skitterbeam Battalion enters the battlefield, if you cast it, create two tokens that are copies of it. So it's either nine mana for twelve twelve trample haste, or five mana for six six trample haste. Over three bodies, yeah. Yep. What if they kill it in response to the trigger? Then does it not have a target to copy? Um, no, because it refers to the card. So even if the card goes away, it still copies like last known information. Yeah, but if they like disfigure it, then last known information is a zero zero. I have no idea. Because <laughs> remember, remember the the. The trick, um, if yeah, you have a, ballista. or no, like Eldrazi mimic, if oh, they yeah, like yeah, yeah. went to copy the thought knot seer, they put, you put it on the track that stack, they target thought knot, you kill thought knot with a disfigure or with a dismember, dismember, yeah. and then its last known information was a zero zero, so it finishes copying it. Yeah. So I don't know if this works the exact same way. I mean, if you get to nine. 
this like probably wins you the game. Yeah, I guess I read this wrong at first. I missed the cast it part. Yeah. I really wanted to flicker this thing, but that doesn't work. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you flicker it, you get two tutus and, well, so if you flicker it, it's still referring to the tutu version of the card? Oh, no. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, because it's a different card, so it's no longer... It's targeting the 2-2 version of the card. Yeah. Right, so you still get a 4-4 four, four, and two two twos. If you spent, like... Correct. If you had, like, 6 mana, and you went, like, 3-red-red, yep. red, and then ephemerated it. Yeah. Yeah, like... I don't, I don't know, like... When they put the safety... The guardrails on of, like, when you cast it, like, just... Just let me, like, have my fun. <laughs> Like, let me do the work to put this card in my graveyard and then pay white, 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 white in one to reanimate it. Not just like, oh, no, you can't do that. That would be too much fun. Yeah. Um, Is this something? what, What else casts? Does... The, ult- the ultimatum doesn't cast, right? Which ultimatum? Um, the Sultai one. Uh, it casts, but you can't get this. Oh, because it only gets monocolored? Monocolored cards. Yep. Hmm. Oh, also, if we're portaling and we're black, you also get Mirror Shell Crab. Oh, yeah. So you that's get a free a mana canner spell. That you can then get back after you make your opponent like, what was that card that was like four black black target player sacrifices three creatures or each opponent sacrifice each player sacrifices three creatures. Taste of something. Mm-hmm. Right after after you one. do that to them, you get to get back a mirror shell crab. <laughs> See, I'll, I'll I'll take that one for a Tuesday play play a like constructed deck. We'll we'll yeah. we'll put that together. <laughs> Um, yeah, like the guardrails are fine. I don't know, but like, if you're going to go to all the work to like put this in the graveyard and reanimate it, like, let me like have fun and do the thing. Yeah. I guess I don't know what else you do with this thing. Yeah. Other than like Tron or, you know, some giant mana deck, but I think there's better things at nine mana to do. Yeah, I agree. I think like, I think the cityscape leveler is probably better at eight mana. Because you know you're going to get something. Yeah. It'd be different, like, again, like, if it's, like, when you cast, like, I understand that, like, cast triggers are dangerous because you don't have any, like, interaction with them. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you get to nine mana, like, just give me the two, two, the two four fours guaranteed if you're going to make it so I have to cast it. Yeah. Right? Like, just make, like, when you cast this, Make two copies of this spell. Right. Right? Uh, as opposed to when it enters the battlefield, so it doesn't get countered, so it resolves, yeah. but you can't cheat it into play. We don't want that. Yeah. It's like, come on now. I don't have any fun. Yeah, come on now. Like, if you're not going to let me cheat it into play, at least pay me for getting to nine mana. Don't right. let me get to nine mana and then, like, eat, uh, what was that card? deconstruct or whatever yeah 
let me eat exactly. a two mana counter spell. Like, come on now. Yeah. Like that's just not right. Yep. Right. Like Emrakul's right. like, you got the fifteen mana. I can't be countered. Get that garbage <laughs> out of here. Yeah. This is I mean, like you got the nine, nine mana. mana. Might as well be fifteen mana. Yeah, you got the nine mana. Nope. Done. Yep. All right. What else we got? What is it? What we is got our... uh, two cards for Grease Fang. Ah, uh, yes. These are mine. Yep. So there are two cards that reanimate things uh, three CMC or less. Or sorry, three mana value or less. Uh, recommission in white is one of the white. Return target uh, artifact or creature card with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. That creature, if the if a creature comes into play this way, put a plus one plus one counter on it. Uh, and then no one left behind. This as uh, four and a black. This spell costs three less to cast if it targets a creature card with mana value three or less. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield. Right. Mm-hmm. Grease Fang costs three. Yep. Um, uh, what I can't stay away is black white. Yep. These are both kind of like one color. Now, can't stay away has flashback, which is a huge upside when you're self milling. But these are also these are just ways that you could, right? Build like have. Yeah, can't stay away number five, or like be a little bit easier on your mana if you're more like white green splashing grease fang right as opposed to being black white splashing chariot and i guess grizzly salvage so just cards to keep in mind that like exist and can do the thing for grease fang yeah also recommissions a common so that's uh Mm -hmm. notable as well yeah and then we got one more well five more cards but kind of all is one Mm-hmm. Um, we already talked about these a little bit, um, so I don't think we have to spend a ton of time here. But uh, somebody in Discord wanted us to talk about the commands. Um, we went over, we kind of went through them, I don't know, a couple episodes ago mm-hmm. and gave our initial impressions. Have have our impressions changed at all? Are any of these any good? Um, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't. Right, like I don't think any of them are. Right, like the white one, three mana make a two two. Okay, who cares? Put a counter on a creature you control. It gains double strike, so you can't blow someone out if they don't block because this is a sorcery. Right. So it's like, hey, chump, block this one. Thanks for the heads up. Yeah. Um, what's the? Search your library for a basic planes card. Uh, put it in your hand and shuffle. Like no. And then you gain two life and scry two. Like, none of those are good. Yeah. Right? Not, like, not for that mana at sorcery speed. Yeah. Right? The blue one's kind of the same way. Like, none of this stuff, like... Adds up to four mana. Yeah. It's at least an instant. Yeah. Right? Like, so you could, like, surprise someone with, like, a, a construct. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's not, like you're not getting hype for this for four mana. Like, like depending on how big the construct is, like a flash four, four that then draws a card would be good for four, but like, it's not going to be that big in standard. Right. Uh, 
I don't know what they were doing with Gix's command. It just seems bad. Yeah, that card's just not good. Yeah, I don't have any idea what they were thinking. People have been saying, like, it's sad that Gix's command is not even the best rare with the with the name Gix on it in standard. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, uh, Gix's cruelty is better. Right. Yeah, so none of these seem good. Like, it seems like they, like, pulled back really far to yeah. be, like, safe. Yeah. And it's weird because they've just been designing cards for the longest time that are just... No one thought if they would be safe at all. They were just like YOLO. And they got to these and they were like, let's make them all unplayable. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. Like Titiana's command or Titania's command is uh, like the same cost as Primal Command. Mm-hmm. And nowhere near as good or as fun as Primal Command. Yeah, like Exile a Graveyard, you gain one life for each card. Exile this way for six mana. You're dead if they're using your, their graveyard and you got to six mana. And a sorcery speed. So, you, yeah. like, they have full use of their graveyard. And then search your library for up to two land cards and put them onto the battlefield, tap, then shuffle. Uh, I get to do that for four mana uh, with my and make two tree people. Mm-hmm. Uh, right? Like, hey, you made it to six mana. Congratulations. Do you need to get to eight? Yeah. No, not really. Create. Two, two, two green bears. Who cares? Yeah. And put, so put two plus one plus one counters on each creature you control. In that one's good, if you've gone wide. But it, I mean, it's six mana though. Oh, it's six mana. Agreed. I guess you can make two four fours, which is still bad. Yeah. Considering what, like the. Uh, the green invoke made two four fives with ability mm-hmm. words on them for uh five mana. Yep. Well what was um what was the card from Dominier United that made Oh, um that made a bunch of three threes with domain? Yeah. Yeah. Be something. Yeah. Yeah, that was seven, but it made like five three threes if you built your deck right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this it just feels like they just made them all a little too safe. Yeah. I and like so it is it is hard because like if they like, you know, turn the knobs on these too hard, then they just like take over the format. Yeah. And if they turn the knobs not you know, if they turn the knobs like they do here, like no one plays them. Yep. Like they will wreck you in a limited game and then you'll never see them again. Where, like, the the dragon's commands, like, they all, like, still see, like, they still see play. Mm-hmm. Right? Colagun's command, a lot of play. Dromoka's command, like, fringe. Atarka's command, fringe. And then the two higher mana value ones, not at all. Right. But, like, these are, like, both weak and, for the most part, a lot of mana. Yes. And so it's just, like, a bad combination to see any play yep so this is sad it is um yeah i guess my impressions are my impressions haven't changed i don't think they're any good yeah and like okay mistress command target creature gets plus x plus o and gains haste until end of turn what 
<laughs> so I have a creature. I've played a creature that doesn't have haste. Now I have to play red and X to give it haste. No, it doesn't get trample as well. It just gets haste. So I guess this is one mana give a, give a creature haste. Like I feel like that card draws a card. Right? I feel like we have that card and it draws yeah. a card. Expedite, right? Yep. So like this is like bad expedite. So. Yep. Yeah. Boo. Yep. And then uh, there was one more thing that was uh, something that Discord wanted us to go over. Okay. And that was just the Power Stones. Okay. Um, but I think we've talked about them on and off throughout this whole yeah. episode. So I don't know that we need to go super in-depth there. So, um, I mean, quick reminder, right? They, they're a token artifact that taps for a mana, but that mana can only be used for basically two things. To cast artifact spells and to activate abilities. Mm-hmm. Pay right? costs. Pay costs, right? Yep. So, you know, those, like, you can't use it to cast your planeswalkers. You can't use it to, like, cast your commands. Only artifact spells. And then to, like, you know, three in a red, you can pay the three colorless mana or generic mana yep uh with your power stone. something like unearth if it was unearth three and mm-hmm. a red the three could be or if you had um i don't know, like an activated ability of a creature that was like mm-hmm. it, like the invokers were like seven and a green something gets giant until end of turn like the yeah. seven could be made from power stone mana um what about like ward um like ward three I think you can pay ward with with it because it's not casting a spell; it's paying it's paying a cost. Yep. So I think that it is it is fine. Um, and like channel abilities, you can mm-hmm. use power stones for. I do believe so. Yep. Um, or cycling costs. Hmm. So any like activated ability. Yep. The thing is, and like, unless you're playing limited, I don't know how much of this is like, pre- how much of these are priced to move. Well, so I think like the specific question was more about another piece of cardboard, like the value of another oh. piece of cardboard. So in terms of like another piece of cardboard, right, yep. you have the, right, like we have found repeatedly that having another piece of cardboard matters. Mm-hmm. Right. Maybe it doesn't matter in this set, but we have like again, whatever that green red uh uh what's it called? Green red creature is from um Mira or, Mira or whatever. Yeah. yeah, Mira Scholar of Antiquity, right? Tap and yep. untap oh. Never mind. It's tap an untapped non token artifact you control at oh. green. Already so, then. like, they, they are not it about that. And then tap two non-token artifacts you control. Exile. Yeah. So it doesn't even work with Power Stone. So never mind. I am sorry that I talked about Mira in a light that was not terrible. Um, yeah. I but, think that, like, my take on them is that we found, I think, blood tokens taught us that even if the token isn't super impactful by itself, the fact that it's a piece of cardboard matters as long as it's created at the proper rate. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I think the problem with power stones is most of them aren't created at the proper rate. Most of the the ability of the power stone, I think, is a little bit more powerful than a blood token. But probably the like we like to say, the cost is baked into the the token. Yeah, like they were. We talked about like. With decayed zombies, they just forgot to, like, price in the fact that you were getting a piece of cardboard that was, like, a garbage tutu. Like, they were just like, mind rot is three mana, it gives you a decay zombie. And it's like, okay, well, that decay zombie was worth, like, half a mana to a full mana. And they just didn't price that in. These, I feel like a lot of them, they, they price them in by turning some number, like, turning some dials on the card. So, mm-hmm. right, like, Argothian Opportunist is two and a green for a 3-2, makes a Power Stone when it enters the battlefield. Right, like, if it didn't make a Power Stone, it's a 3-3. Three, three. Yep. Right, so they took... They got the mana back, or the part of the mana back for the Power Stone on the, on the toughness. Mm-hmm. There's a couple things that, like, Excavation explosion, two and a red, deal three to any target, make a power stone. That card oftentimes is an instant. It's a sorcery. Yep. Right, so they brought, they caught the power stone. They got the power stone's mana back by making it a sorcery instead of an instant. Yep. So they aren't free. There's a few that are kind of close to free. Like a horned stone seeker, the two two that like ETBs makes a power stone, but if it dies, you sack a power stone. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So it like it's it's a two two with menace. Like that's just a fine card, and it gives you a it gives you a temporary power stone. Mm-hmm. Like that one's not priced in as much, right? That one is free if it stays around. Yeah, and like if you're trying to make use of the cardboard, then hopefully you sacrifice your power stones before it leaves the battlefield. Mm-hmm. There's the uh, oh, what is it? Reckoner's bargain. The like one in the black sack creature and artifact gain power, gain life equal to its casting cost. Yep. Right. Right. Like that just says like feed me power stones. I'll draw you two cards. Yep. Right. So you can use like power stones in that regard. But yeah, they're not as free as they were in uh, uh, as they've made some of the cardboard in other sets. Like, like think about the blood token on a blood tithe harvester. Like a two mana it's three. Absolutely free. Yeah, a two mana three two is like above, above rate. rate, and then it gets you a blood token, and it happens to be a removal spell. Like that yeah. one's just like totally free makes no sense these they've kind of tried to balance them Mm -hmm. and so there are none that you're like oh hey this power stone is just like a gimme so because they're not just a gimme they probably don't make it in constructed yeah i don't think so unless there's like very specifically like yo like i can have a deck that i'm jamming cityscape levelers on turn like five every single game yeah. and i just need power stones to do it 
then well, like you're probably more likely to do that with uh awaken the woods than power stones though oh probably but like that ceiling is like hey i need a way to ramp into giant artifact monster that they've yeah. given me in this set so i'm going to use power stones to do that but that more than likely is not going to work Right, especially with, you know, temporal lockdown, the right. whatever the, the, the one red red like destroy all artifacts card yeah. and uh our weird vindicate that would eat all your power stones. Yeah. Right, like you're just not gonna get to like put like twelve power stones on the battlefield and just go nuts. Right. And I don't think like we don't have any like great like Mana sinks. I guess there's like a seven mana draw two cards mm-hmm. that's in blue that like maybe would work, but I just don't think there's a bunch of like uh, cards to dump all this extra mana from power stones in. Yeah, I don't think so either. So I don't think they're going to be good enough for uh, what's it called for constructed. Constructed. I mean. The decayed zombies were like free, but not. But they themselves weren't good enough for constructed. Right. I think the power stones are powerful enough for constructed, but they they cost too much on the cards. Yep, I agree. Yeah, we're on the same page. We did it. We agreed. <laughs> we usually agree. We usually agree. Yeah. Um. So yeah, is that everything? Did we get it all. That is everything. I think we have a show. I think we have a show. We have a 200th show. We do. That was a doozy, too. That was, was two-hour-plus. Two-and-a-half hours. Imagine if we would have had the other show hours. tacked on here. We would never finish. We would not have finished. So, uh, with all that, um, if you want to reach out to us, tell us what cards we missed, what cards you're excited about. Uh, you can find all of our social media stuff, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Discord, all that jazz, in the description below. Yep. If you're looking to support the show, there's two ways you can do it. The first is our TCG player affiliate link, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Head on over there using that link and buy some sweet Brothers War singles and you'll help support the show. Any purchase you make, we'll get a percentage of to help pay all our fees. Uh, If you want to support us more directly, patreon.com is how you can do that. Uh, Patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Sign up to be a patron, chip a couple bucks in. You get access to a little bit of extra content from us. You get an extra show. Uh, you get to listen to our pre-show. You get access to our show notes, and you get put on my mailing list for when I have cool stuff to send out to you guys. And you get to support the show. That's the best The best, the best part. part is supporting the show. That's right. It's the friends we made along the way. That's right. That's all that matters. All that matters. Yeah. All right. So with that... We'll catch you on the internets. We'll catch you on the internets.